Sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Track three. <clears throat> Better not be fucking Dave Matthews band. Okay. Those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, which it seems like you guys are choosing. Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. Derek, this is the virus. You talking. hereby waive your right Derek, please. to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two. Per the state versus Neville Reed, my colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated Whatever the fuck I want! Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? Two men. Two guys. Two guys and fries. <laughs> so we went to two guys um, with our buddies from Desolus. Uh, I did not know that they were such like karaoke kings. Yeah, these guys. Uh, they, they. They. I mean, well, what we got in there because we actually beat them to. The, we left after them. but got there. They had to make a stop somewhere, but we got to the location. And this is after the interview, but we'll get into that in a minute. But we went to karaoke. It was probably about 10, 30, or 11 when we got over there. We got in there, and 
It was hopping a little bit. It's like a half restaurant, half bar, half karaoke. Uh, and then the guys walked in and like all these high fives from people in the uh, in the in the bar there. And I'm like, man, these guys are celebrities. I like, know. It's like they know who they are. They're like, hey guys. Yeah, like hey, hey you're here. Yeah. It was it was just adorable. And we had such a good time and some of the best nachos that we've ever had. I have to yeah, say. Yeah, for they're fifteen with, bucks, that shit was good. They're up there with the ESPN zone, which God yeah. rest in peace. Uh, we that was our favorite nachos ever. And um, when we got to. I mean, it was like our favorite date place. We would go there a lot, and they closed it down, sadly. But, I mean, you had at least five or six White Claws. Um, I had a couple of Cokes plus the nachos, and it still... It was like 40 bucks. Yeah, for just the food. Like, we gave a tip, obviously, but for everything that we had, I mean, I probably could have drank some beer, and it still would have been under 60 bucks. So, it's like... I couldn't believe it. We, we're used to going to places. Like, we went um, last weekend. It was my cousin's wedding and it was very nice um you know we were very fortunate to be part of the wedding party and um so we we had a, like a lot of stuff was covered and we had lots of meals that were already catered but when we went out to um lunch and we're getting our bill and i literally had a burger and two limoncellos and you had what some wings mm -hmm. he didn't even drink and the, he's like, what the heck? It was like $85. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, And that's the problem with some places. Like, they just, you know, I mean, it's not that the food or drinks are bad. It's just that you do, you're really, you know, hitting people pretty hard with the prices. So, like, it, is kind it was kind of nice to go to a place that's local that, uh, very friendly. Uh, Joey, the guy, DJ running the karaoke, was very cool. He has his own little cover band. He was giving out CDs to guys. Of his cover band's work and whatnot, and just a lot of fun. Like, it was just relaxed. We had a, I mean... No tension at all, like, which is nice when you go into bars, like... Because we're not like regulars, you, you know... Well, but even if, like, you go to a sports bar, like, people can tend to get in fights. And it, I just didn't get that vibe at all at, at this place, you know? It was everyone was friendly. Granted, you had a little bit older people in there, but... That might be why, because it's, like, it, it wasn't... Even it, though there was... like a, Well, there were some young people there, but it wasn't, like, a, some sort of... You know, hot spot oh, for uh, uh, Eastern called. So that's probably their uh, insulin for a cat. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. sorry. There. We're, we're we're like all over the place <laughs> today. Today is actually our anniversary. Yeah. Our actual and, seventeen years. And it's the seventeenth, and it was a Saturday when we got married as well, and we're recording this on a Saturday, so it's kind of crazy. Like. Um, we met 20 years ago and we got married 17 years ago and we've been just like super you know living the life as best as we can we're you know i'm not saying everything has been all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies and etc because like every person and every life and every you know there's things that have happened that sucked but then he and I were just kind of talking this morning and I said, you know, my whole goal in life literally has just been to have a good life with you and make you happy. And he's like the same. I just want us both to be happy. And we've been really doing great probably since I started working at Subcom, even before I, um, 
became a cable splicer. I think that was a really good turning point mm. in our life. Yeah. I mean... Th- yeah, that's one thing that was... And I don't want to drag this on too long, but, like... I watched you with different careers, and, like, you're very good at what you do. And even if it wasn't the cable splicing, even before that with other companies, and, like, you were doing so well, and then, like, politics inside the company start, like, bearing down on you. I felt so bad because it would really stress you out and, like, make you unhappy. Like, I don't understand, you know, I really like this job, but then they want to make it harder on me uh, doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so when you got to subcom like it was like whole different like even despite when you were in purchasing like even though you had some issues there with politics it wasn't near as bad as before but then you took on an interest to go out and ships and like we said before i thought maybe it was just like a, a flash in a pan for you like you weren't really that serious but you were researching i like was really two months serious before you even took the jump and it's like i'm gonna do it i'm like all right and if we, you know, and with anything, there's always uncertainty. So he kind of said, like, what if you, you go out and you, you don't like it? I'm like, I have to like it. It's got to work. And it turned out it, it was, it's such a nice um, change of pace. And what I really like, honestly, is when I'm away, the focus is 100% on work. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I'm home, yeah, I do have to go to work, but there's no, I mean, I'll do stuff at home if I'm working from home, but it's done. 3.30, I pack up. There's no outside unless somebody is, is uh, calling because they're like, hey, can you switch and go out earlier? Or they, There's no like, whereas when I, I left and had my hiatus to take care of my mom, I was, you know... It looked on paper like it was going to be the biggest, best career move for me. Like, this is what I had been working for my whole life, and then it turned out to make me so miserable. Where this is something I've never done, and I'm happier, and I get along with everybody, and everybody was so happy to have me back. Like, uh, a lot of our, we have people who live all over the world, and some of the guys were in for training, and they're like, Melissa... When I heard that you left, I was just gutted. And then we are so happy. And I worked with this guy one time, and mm-hmm. he was just happy. Like That's always been my favorite thing about this job is that you're getting a lot of support from men. Like, you know, you hear horror stories a lot with women, and you've had your fair share of issues with men. The whole, like, you know, I hate to use the patriarchy thing, but just the misandrous old-school men who... You know, you had great ideas for another company. I'm not going to mention them, but you had great ideas. Actually, a couple different companies, and then they kind of threw you under the bus when shit went south, or they took your ideas. So it was really sketchy bullshit. Uh, and then, of course, with Subcom, it wasn't so much you hated the job, but the the woman who was promising you one thing ended up giving doing, it to somebody else. Right? She ended up just giving it to a man. So it's like. It's kind of like you just said, okay, well, I'm going to take my career in my own hands. I'm going to go check this out. And you researched it. You liked it. Made a jump and you've been happy doing it. So that's the great thing about this job. And the one thing that kind of like blows my mind is because this is a male-dominated field, like being out working on vessels. um, Everybody is like, I feel like in a non-male-dominated field where there are less men, who are in charge like in purchasing that's where i got screwed more 
Whereas here, where I'm like one of the few females, I'm the only female who does my job, but there's only a few females on the ship at a time. I'm, one time I was so excited because there was eight of us. And that's eight. But you're the only one. Twice. I'm the only one in my department. Right. And I have more support from men out there being, you know, encouraging and helping me or like just being generally kind versus like men in the office and like, you know, the, the blue, whatever, white collar industry, men are more cutthroat to women, I think. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Am I saying that right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we've been really just enjoying our last 17 years. We've been um, just, I don't know, it's been really great. And I am just happy to call you my husband. That's just plain and simple. But uh, got a lot of great new music coming up today. Great, uh, actually, Rock Block, uh, New Skid Row. I just want to mention that a new album is like one of my favorites of the year. It, and it's with the House of Boston Box, so we'll get into that a little Oof. bit. Um, you know how much I love Baz. Desolace, we've got the interview coming up shortly. We do have a couple of tracks. We'll open up our first block with one of their tracks, as well as end the show with one of their tracks. Uh Vivek, Travis, Jimmy. Uh, and then their tour manager, Sebastian. Tour manager slash uh, producer slash Friend. member of Exhumed slash karaoke god, uh, Sebastian. Uh, very cool guy. Um, these guys are just so much fun, man. Like, I really had a great time. They We had a lot of good food here. Uh, they drank and had merry party and whatever. And it's just they're fun to talk with and it's cool because they're kind of local so i've you know obviously we've invited them to come over anytime they wish uh to hang out because uh, you know we like to show off our our house and our collections of shit and they were checking out my cassettes they were like vivek was like oh my god you got this oh shit i need this so it's a lot of fun that's the kind of stuff that i enjoy is like showing off i'm kind of like i kind of like james earl jones in the sandlot when they're all looking at the baseball shit and you know, that's me i got that little grin like yeah that's like, right you enjoy those guys that's my shit uh but i love these guys these guys are so much fun and uh yeah uh so we're gonna end up getting to their interview shortly, but we're gonna do a block of music here. Uh, we've got we're some. We're gonna start with Desolus, though, right? Right. We got Sophie's uh, Threat from Jay Z Press, Angel Rising from uh, Music Records, but as promised, brand new. Uh, well, it, they're they're still working on the record, but uh, we've got a couple of demo tracks for you. But this is the first one. It's called The Arrival. Uh, this is really really great old school speed and heavy metal. Check it out. Here's the arrival by Desolus.
DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite atomic breathing lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaborations with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace. We're back. <laughs> We're just still thinking about how great everything has been. Like, mm -hmm. we've just had such a great. It's been a blast. This this weekend is. We're going out to dinner for our anniversary. We had our friends over. Uh, impromptu karaoke party. Like, we're just super excited overall. Like, you know, I'm gonna be leaving soon, so he's been spending a lot of time with me and helping me. You know, around the house, keep things real, you know, but like... Keeping it real. <laughs> Raw and real. We've just been, uh, I am basking in the glow, as they say. Yeah, and so, uh, just a reminder, uh, for those that don't know yet, uh, Friday the 23rd, we're gonna be doing a YouTube, uh, live show where we'll be talking about Godzilla and other Keiju, uh, just about the history, our favorite movies, uh, art, literature, whatever on Godzilla and Keiju. I have some things I want to bring up to the group. I'm going to have some special guests. Uh, right now, it looks like I have Rob from ETN will be there. Cool. Kevin Lambert, uh, one of the big uh, Keiju uh, fans in the dojo army. And he's he's starting his own... Um, yep, he's starting his own blog or something. I, I, he's doing something related. reviews, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, hoping to get Samurai in there as well as uh, Eric the Asian movie enthusiast. So we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll, if some of them can't make it, I'll see if I can get some other guys going. But definitely want to get a nice, healthy panel in there because, uh, like I said, I've got some things I want to bring up that I get some opinions on from them as well as their input and their views because they're big Godzilla and Kaiju fans like we are. So be looking for that. It's 8 p.m. Eastern on Friday the 23rd. If any of the guys, because... The, the guys in Desolus, like Vivek, you might want to ask him if he wants to join, if he has the availability. Yeah, they can get on camera or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I did try to get Jordan, but he's going to be out of town, unfortunately. So. Oh, he would have loved it. Oh, yeah, I know. The lead singer of Oxygen Destroyer. Yeah. Uh, but we did do the interview with the band Desolus last night, and uh, we're going to play that now, and I hope you all enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. These guys are fun to be with, as we said earlier. Uh, just really great guys all the way around and, and the music if you did, if you listen to Arrival kicking off that last block they're fucking incredibly great uh, I'm really looking forward to the final product when it's done uh, but they're going to make sure that it's uh, sound and everything else so without further ado here is Desolus being interviewed by Neko and Anubis alright we're here with special guest Desolus gentlemen let's start from you to the other end, introduce yourselves and who you are and what position in the band you are. Hello, my name is Vivek Rungarajan. I do bass and vocals in the band Desolus. Hello, I'm Travis. I play the percussion. I play real fast. <coughs> do you play cowbell? 
Uh, I don't have a cowboy yet. <laughs> working on that. Hey, I'm Jimmy Frost. I play guitar and scream. Woohoo! <laughs> what about you? You're just here. Uh, I'm, I'm just here watching. That's, like, <laughs> that, that's, that's Sebastian. He's, Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I am yeah. bad as fist fight, but that's for later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did want to say that I remember probably two or three years ago I met Viv. Uh, I'd seen you previously at yeah. Nomad shows and stuff, but yeah. I don't think we actually really talked yeah. until the Pie Shop show yeah. where Nomad was playing. Because exactly. you saw my... Oxygen Destroyer shirt. What a foreshadowing that was. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, like, that's crazy. Was that the really crazy one that's where uh, What's-His-Face was hanging off of? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it, was the, it was like that basically the end of the world party before saying Sugaba. <laughs> right. What a foreshadowing that would be. That Me talking crazy. to you about your Oxygen You immediately shirt. pointed out. I was like, dude, I don't see anybody with that shirt. I didn't know because they were so underground at the time. And a couple right. of years later... Well, there we are. Yeah, we played with them, and that was one of the most fun nights ever. So, night. of course, you know, again, we're kind of, at least me, more than her, but I didn't even realize Travis was in the band, and we'd already done an interview with him with Blake from Big Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it the same? I was like, she you, goes to me, she goes, You know Travis is a drummer? Did you know like, Travis was, like, he was here before he's a drummer? I'm like, he is? <laughs> it's like, damn. That was probably around the time I actually started kind of playing the drums. Was when I when I was last here because like oh that's cool yeah I I just left a band out in Phoenix and I would wake up before everyone so I would go into the jam room and just play drums until everyone woke up which was usually about two or three hours of me just like playing random shit mostly classic rock you know good I think stuff that's really cool like yeah. you can just pick up and. You know, yeah. learned it. I mean, I live with Sebastian over here, you Aww. know, and like, I like playing drums over there, and we'll jam from time to time, and then that that was the opportunity for me to just like do it by myself because I had nothing else to do. We're in the middle of the mountains, you know. And then when I got back home, I was actually mentioning to Sebastian, I was like, man, I really want to play in a band. Like, I want to play drums in a band. And then they were demoing at at the house, and uh, I was like, this, these riffs are cool, man. Like, you guys need someone to play percussion. <laughs> Drummers are hot, like especially in metal bands. Yeah, ever ever since I started playing shows with these fools, everyone's been hitting me up like, "We need to fill in drummer." I'm like, "All right, I'll do my best." <laughs> so was that like basically how you guys connected? Was through that, or uh, did you yeah. just know each other previously? Or uh, I knew. Well, uh, I was gonna say I met you uh, at like John's birthday party mm -hmm. that time at the Nomos house yeah that yeah. was the first time I met you wait which birthday cause we were at <laughs> we, <had laughs> we were there was that the one where I I'm like it it, it, it's illegal to have this many people <laughs> in the say, house I wanna say it was the last it was like 2019 or okay. something yeah. I think it was 2019 oh, at yeah. Henry's house 2019 yeah. Yeah. 2020 probably yeah I think it, it was 2020 it, it was 2020 cause the pandemic yeah. we, yeah. we were definitely there yeah. oh, right. everyone everyone was sort of scared to be there it was 2020 it, yeah. We were definitely there. I yeah. know we were because um, I, I was standing on top of a speaker, I think. Was it the house show or are you talking about John's birthday party itself? Mm, I don't know, but Henry, yeah, they've been there. They've had a few parties there. so it's yeah. like, many parties there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen every one of these guys in passing. No yeah. doubt about it. It's so I've, crazy. I've known Vivek for a little while. Like I'd yeah. seen my shows at the auto, or not the auto, sidebar. sidebar. Yeah, I saw you a lot at the yeah. sidebar. We talked a few times yeah. out there, yeah. but we didn't get like close as friends until they started coming over to demo and we were just yeah. all hanging out. Yeah. 
It was pretty. It was pretty cool, and I've known Jimmy since high school. Like we go way back. Yeah, yeah. So Travis, are you still a part of Di- Pig Destroyer at this point? Yeah, yeah. I just played Full Terror Assault with them last weekend. Holy crap! You are a busy yeah. man. Yeah, I'm doing a lot right now. It's kind of stressful, but it's okay. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so what about you guys? Do you have other projects outside of this, or is it just <laughs> desolate right now? It's just desolate. Yeah, we're working on some things that that isn't metal. And uh, yeah. Well, actually, I'd be very interested in it because I love everything from rock to metal. Well, so. me and Sebastian started writing Motown stuff. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. nifty. Yeah, we're doing we're doing that right now, and then um, we're we're probably gonna continue that a little further down the line. But I also want to do a like a funk project, and also want to do a doo-wop thing with Jimmy because Jimmy's got a, an amazing voice. Really? Yeah, doo-wop. We we go karaoke yeah. usually every Friday night. Where? Uh, two guys in Essex. Oh, yeah, so she would eat that up. Are you going next Friday? Because I'm leaving, like, probably the 27th. We were thinking about probably going after this, depending on how how long we reach. Because, uh! yeah, it's, it's fucking fun. Oh, my God! It's <laughs> what are you doing? It's yeah. a good time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's only, like, 15 minutes away, babe. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, um, it's I know at the night for your birthday party because we were going to talk about the Oxygen Destroyer show that you guys played, which is the first time I got the chance to hear because I know you had played a couple times before, and I kept saying, fuck, you guys need to, like, come out here and so I can go. You know, on that day, at least, I was available. So finally, I was like, when I saw Oxygen Destroyer was playing, you guys weren't even on the bill at that point. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah, and it was so good. I was so much... I I mean, I've heard the other band was good, but, like... Ilsa rules. Uh, it's, it is a shame that they weren't able to play. Yeah. If we would have would have been added on with Ilsa, that would have been sick too. Right. You know, but I, I'm I'm happy either way that we got asked to play. Cause oh, you guys are so good. Like a, um, a pleasant surprise and a nice bonus. Like you're like you were huh. gonna be there anyway to see Oxygen Destroy. Right. So yeah, let's exactly. open up. That was exactly. that was one of the things that I would talk about with Hassan is that he was like. Yeah, I knew you and Vivek at least were going to be there regardless anyway. Right. So it made sense to have you guys as a backup because, mm-hmm. like, the whole band's here anyway to hang out. Well, that's what I was kind of getting at because, like, yeah. you guys seem to have a pretty good relationship with the owner of the pie shop. So uh, how do, do you like that? Are you that close to other people at venues as well? Other venues you play that? Or is that just mainly, like, the hot spot for you? I don't really know. I don't know the owner of pie shop. Um... I just know Hassan through like booking shows throughout like DC. He he's done some shows up up this way too before. Yeah. Um, it's usually all Vivek. Vivek just hits us up. It's like, hey, you guys want to play this? And we're all like, yeah, fuck it. Let's yeah, do I'm it. free. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. As yeah. much as we can, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hassan has been really helpful for us for a lot of the shows that he's put us on. They've been, they've all been killer shows for the most part, and it's and it's cool because the bands we play with are bands that we would play with in any other city. Right. And and I appreciate that. Like a great example is the Craven Idol and Berator show. At by the end that like by the end of it we were all like, Yeah, what's your car like we should trade shirts. Like they were trying to exchange merch with us and unfortunately oh. we didn't have anything at that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's kinda that's kinda like like the you see football players at yeah. the end. They're like, Yeah, let's trade jerseys. We're yeah. like, Yeah, respect. Yeah. yeah, it was cool and, and when we played with uh Ecto Void and Night Hag at the runaway, oh. uh the that was a great show. How was Night Hag? I've heard Night of Hag was oh. They were awesome. So good. They were great. Like 
Like both Night Hag and Active Void were fantastic, and they bought they they literally bought shirts from us, and and we and we bought merch from them too. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool and humbling to see that. Yeah, that's, that's really great. awesome. Yeah, and then with and with Oxygen Destroyer, I mean, like we talked to we literally just immediately connected over like German Thrash, Morbid Saint, and just talked. All all four of us hung out with those dudes, and it was great. We made a lot of good connections with those shows. That's really cool. We were bothering Oxygen Destroyer. Like, we're like, hey, we like you guys. Yeah. We're really excited that you're on they the East Coast. Thanks. They were so good. Oh my god. <sighs> so before they even, before COVID, um, he's like, do you feel like going out to like Portland? And I'm like, I was gonna fly the fuck out there to see that. I was like, no, dude, I get that. <laughs> I was man. like, what's going on in Portland? I kept bothering Jordan. I was like, dude, when are you coming to the East Coast? He's yeah. like, I don't know. We're gonna try and make our I, way there. I and I'm like, begged him for years. I'm like, come on, come out to the East Coast. I, I, I guarantee you that like we're not the only people. In this oh city. yeah, I want to see you. Dude, yeah. it's it was fantastic. Finally, seeing that band was just a dream come true. Seriously, oh, I agree. You and Vivek have so much in common. I didn't realize it. <laughs> no, I, I I wanted to comment. Like you have a Frankenstein versus Baragon sticker. That's so sick. <laughs> we have more in here if you'd like to look at that's our like, other. That's like that's like one of the most stickers. That's like one of the most obscure kaiju movies ever. Like the DVD right. issue of that goes for like eighty dollars now, and I bought it at an FYE in two thousand seven. Like damn. Like I I just I I like every time I like that's why Oxygen Destroyer was such a special show. It was literally like I grew up on Creator, Slayer, Sodom, Vader, and all right. that. So like. Combining like music I grew up on with movies I grew up on was just otherworldly to say the least. It, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's the thing. When I like, discover who, who an Oxygen Destroyer, I'm like, dude, this band is after my heart. Dude. Yeah, like that's. What I, I grew up say. such a Godzilla fan and kaiju fan. Oh I was like, God. they actually have a band, and not to a band that there's no nonsense with. Like, they mean 100. They, they're talking yeah. about kaiju. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, they're here to honor the kaiju. That was one of our bonding moments because I've always been kind of like an insomniac. So. When when I was younger, you have kung fu movies on and oh, yeah. Godzilla yeah. at night. And oh, I would, that's awesome! Yeah, so oh, like I just watched so kung fu and Godzilla all night, and then I'm like, oh god, it's like two, and I probably should get up and go to school or work no. or whatever. Cameras coming! Yeah, cameras <laughs> yeah. coming! Yeah. So, when I met him, he w- uh, we were talking, and and I I don't even know how Godzilla came up. He's like, you watch Godzilla? I was like, yeah, you know pretty often but like i just got addicted to it because it was like that nice soothing evening stuff that would and he's like that was your soothing evening stuff a giant monster like destroying yes yes that's a kind of like it's very comforting but it i don't know i feel like kaiju's fun kaiju movies are awesome right right dude as a child whenever i'd watch those movies i'm like what do I have to do to be the guy in the rubber suit? Like, I want to do that. I want to get in a suit and destroy a miniature set. Are you kidding me? I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's all you dream about. I was like, I'm going to be the next Godzilla suit. I know. That's what I want to do. Um. Oh, yeah. 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 Of course, you yeah. The, the, yeah. the 2003 the show, that was awesome. Lo- the Secret of the Used movie. Oh, yeah. The live action yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Those were best. Yeah. So you guys did provide a couple of tracks. One was the arrival. The other was the uh, system from Man to Machine. Oh, from Man to Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah from Man to Machine. So uh, can you give us kind of a breakdown what those songs mean or what they're about? Uh, what do you want to do first? Oh, let's, let's, so I can talk about the arrivals. That's actually the first track we'll be playing. So. All right. Yeah. So I mean, it's like the arrival, and then in parentheses, like of evil, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like a, a fun thing where it's just like, hey, you're walking down the street, 
you know, you got this fucking hellish rift that opens up in front of you. All of a sudden, the light turns to di- to dark. You know, evil is now here. You know, it's about to. We fucking you. have come. And then, it, and then, if you're not evil before, you are now. You know? <laughs> That's all it is. Just a Halloween yeah. song. It's be evil and go fast. It's October, so it's right time of the year for that. I think it's kind of cool because you're like, yeah, the the light comes. I'm thinking of like, if when you're on stage, you're you're giving direction to the lighting people. All right, now when we play this, we're gonna we're gonna lighting cue. Orange and green only for this song. (laughs) This song we gotta have only purple. (laughs) I swear, if there's any strobes, I'm going to shit. The song red. Rest the set. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow, he's bossy. <laughs> now you know I like my stuff. Mood. They call them mood lights for a reason. Mood lights. Yeah, we're trying totally. to convey a certain feeling or emotion. <laughs> so what's the second song he? They sent oh, yeah. you from, from man, man to machine. machine. Yeah. So that song. Uh, that song. The idea behind it was I. I got. I would. I would watch the movie Blade Runner. And one of the things that I really appreciated about that that I think a lot of people sort of don't recognize when they watch it is throughout the movie you see you see Rick Deckard he's going around retiring blade Run- retiring uh, replicants or for those that don't know a blade runner kills a replicant and that's called retiring and and throughout the movie every time he does it just all the all the actual humans around him just don't flinch. Like there's one scene in particular where he kills one replicant in like the the middle of the street, and everyone just sees. They it pauses, and then they just keep walking. And I always I found that I I always found that fascinating because to me it was like the replicants were just fighting for more life. They're not evil, but the humans already have that, and they don't care for it. So in a lot of ways, it's like are the replicants more human than the actual humans? It's actually a great point. Like, I'm thinking about just like... Yeah, so, so basically... Yeah. It's like that, the replicants are more like... Um, they're, they're literally more just... Feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, all they're doing is fighting to survive. That's all it is. It's not like they want to hurt anyone. No, they just want to survive and... That's what basically this song is about. Yeah, it's like beautiful. role reversal. Yeah, yeah that's that's literally. I was like, I gotta write this into a song. Fuck it, it's this song. <laughs> are you sure yeah. you two are not like bestest friends ever? Because best friends I, ever. I mean, like the two of you. <laughs> that song is the Ripper, though. That yeah. it's it's the first song you guys wrote, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, pretty much. It was it was yeah. the first song we had ever written. Like I remember, um, uh, Demir, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. Uh, we G-Packed. Well, yes, G-Pack perpetuated all that. Uh, we wrote that riff, like like the intro riff in for Man and Machine. That was that, and then like the in, that into the chorus. Uh, those were the first two riffs we had ever written, and we were curious to see how it sounded. And I remember there was a show at Songbird that coincidentally one of his other bands, Acquisition, was also playing. We showed him that riff, and he was just like, like he he literally listened to it and was like, oh okay, you guys wrote a riff sick. He listens to it and he turns. He's like, "Yo, this is sick!" And we both were like, "All right, we have to start writing." Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, what is that? How you started your whole process? Like, do you do you like write the music first, then write lyrics, or yeah. do do you yeah. write music? Do you write, or is it, it like it's one a collab- versus a lyric? No, it's, it's a collaborative effort. Like, yeah. cool. like basically what happened. And I think you might you might be asking like, how did we form? So I'll just say it. It, it all stems from how we formed. Uh, so Jimmy, you came back from the Marine Corps around 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, late late 2019. Think like November, November or October. It was like November, October. October. It was it was fall. I remember it was fall. Either October or November. You come back from the Marine Corps, 
and you hit me up. You were like, hey, let's just jam on a couple of tunes. And I said, all right, I have nothing to lose by doing it. Why not? This will be fun. And and it literally was just, you. I remember you were like, hey, what songs? And I was like, Slayer, Creator, and Sodom, because I'm neurotic about those three bands. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, it has to be those three. It can't be anything else. So we did, then that's what we did. We literally just covered Slayer, Creator, and Sodom songs. Mm-hmm. We started playing along to them. And then... The pandemic hits and we're just like, well, we have nothing else better going on. Let's let's just do it. And we started covering and we started writing and then it it, it evolved and snowballed and we sent him off to our buddy Sebastian over here and one day he was just like, yo, this is awesome. And we recorded these demos. Yeah. Yeah, these really demos cool. come these demos are from the first demo from Man and Machine, that's that's twenty twenty. And then the arrival was 2021. That was the first time we did with our boy Travis. Yeah. So do you guys feel like the the pandemic made you more creative because you, you know, when we were in the pandemic, it was like, you have to stay in your bubble. You have to do this. You have. And honestly, like, at the, my work was very strict. Mm-hmm. And and his, he works for Amazon. So they're like, you have to come in. I don't care if you're dying. You have to yeah. deliver because everybody's ordering on Amazon at this yeah. time. Yeah. So for, for us, it was like, oh, be careful. We had, like, the A team and the B team, because if somebody on the A team got COVID, then that meant the whole A team is out, and then the B yeah. team. So do you guys feel like it kind of, like, made you closer and you were able to work harder because you were kind of, like, I don't want to say forced together, but you already chose, uh, like, yeah. you know, you chose your, your little group, and they were like, you can't go out, you can't go. You, I mean, it was, like, even trying to go to the grocery store they're like okay seniors are going from 8 a.m till 10 so i was gonna say like i know for me it felt kind of like well i had nothing else to do i may as well put my time into something you know and vivek at the time had only lived maybe like 10 12 minutes away from me yeah so it made it easy for us to like just practice in our in his basement yeah and 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 we no i was gonna say like we were just in my basement most of the time just bouncing ideas off of each other that's that's at least how i remember yeah and then you know once we had you know met sebastian become acquainted and recorded you know a couple demo tracks with him um you know we met our boy travis here you know we became great friends um and you know we you know, he did. He didn't. He wasn't doing too much at the time. I, he was nah. looking for a band to play. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, so. Yes, he was. Yeah, I was going. Uh, it was. Uh, it was a roller coaster of a ride because I wasn't playing any shows with uh, Pig Destroyer. I yeah, not uh, not much was going that, on. Yeah, yeah. I, I recently uh, left a band too right before this all went down too. So, um, and not that I would have been able to go out there because they were based out of Phoenix, um, but. Uh, Pig Destroyer wasn't doing anything because uh, Scott's family was uh, some people in his family were asymptomatic and we didn't want to risk anything. Right. And uh, it was just really rough because that's like that's what I've done since I was about like eleven with Sebastian and I, I lived with Sebastian too. So like when they came over, I was at work, but I would come home and they'd be hanging out. That's how I met them. You know, yeah. they would show me once they're gone. He'd be like, "Yeah, check this shit out." Right. Like, Fuck. Hell yeah. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, it. it I, def- I definitely wanted to look for a band to fill up some time because, like, Picture Story, we don't tour very much. Right. We play one-off shows here and there, and yeah, it's cool. When we interviewed you guys before, and we, you guys ended up doing a European tour, it's like, it's two weeks, it's all you get, that's it, that's it, it's done, because everybody's kind of, like, got their own thing to do. Yeah, I, and, you know... That, that's fine, you know. I'm, I'm just glad to play with them. Like, oh, yeah. No, no, of course. Killer. 
But like I'm so used to touring and being away from home for months at a time and I'm I'm so used to that lifestyle. I enjoy that lifestyle quite a bit, you know, and I needed I needed that sort of escape, you know. So uh I, I needed another project. I needed to fill up my time as much as I could because, like, throughout the pandemic, things were pretty good, and then it kind of started to fall off the rails. Right. That's the only thing that ever kept me sane was music, no matter what. Well, I know you guys mentioned that Creator and Sodom are part of your influence. I was listening to you live. Um, Hell yeah. I caught a lot of what I thought was, like, Morbid Saint, Sarcophago, or Early Sepultura. Like, oh, just, yes. I don't. So what are other influences that you guys take into the music you're creating? Uh, Dark Angel. Dark Angel, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can hear that. I can Sadus. hear that. Sadus. Definitely some old Sepultura. Like I, Demolition I, Hammer. I used to like work uh, as a tech for Soulfly and also with the Cavaleros because um, I went out to Europe. That was actually my last tour with the last band I was in. We were out in Europe and I did guitar tech for um, Mark Rizzo when he was still with them. And uh, I sat next to Igor Cavalera, and I was lucky enough to like watch him play. And a lot of the stuff, like that's how I learned how to play. Um, uh, Troops of Doom was watching him because I noticed he does the with the one arm. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot of stuff just by watching him. That that was at a point where I was like getting interested in playing drums. And then like as I came home, I would start practicing stuff. Sebastian showed me how to play uh, Territory, and I would just practice that. And uh, they were so good at MDF. Oh, <laughs> they were. Uh, but like, yeah, a lot of that stuff. Like, we like to be really fast, really aggressive. Like you know, Slayer, Sodom have the grooves like Dark Angel and then like the Tom work it, it's just so evil and like Sepultura did it best you know like the early Sepultura stuff yeah I heard a lot of yeah, like definitely. darkness descends in your, yeah. in your style yes. yeah. so oh. yeah you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with the influences when you name it and yeah well you know kind of capitalizing on that uh, what type of gear do you use and what kind of tunage uh, do you get that sound because like it, it, to me it seems, I, like, I don't know anything about how to do stuff like that but I'm always amazed when a band gets up there and they're trying to uh, encompass a certain sound and you guys were able to do that and I'm pretty impressed by that so what do you do to get that sound that you're looking for oh me <laughs> <laughs> oh it's my turn well, Jimmy first on the <laughs> well I mean I, I I don't really play with anything super crazy or expensive you know it's it's basically the the 80s evil thrash guy like rig you know i i played with a cheap jackson v hey i like jackson v you know it, it fucking does the job you know it sounds great and i run it through a vtm a pv vtm 120 um which i first started which i first started using at sebastian's um, at the Hotbox because you know he had one up there. He was like, you know, I think you'd sound pretty good like plugging yourself into this thing. And I was like, all right, I'll try it out because you know I I didn't I didn't really know too much about you know. But I mean, audio. like you know, like how was sometimes like would say like doom metal or you know brutal death or something that you're tuning your guitar a certain way. Do you have to do something in particular to get that kind of like? No, all I do is I use a. Ivanez TS9 Tube Screamer and just let it scream. And, just know, let it scream. Play it loud and fast, and that's yeah. it. You know, it's like it is all me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all on yeah. the wrist. That, that's it. It's, it's just, all on the wrist. It's just you just plug it in and it's ready to rock. Yeah, you know. I started using Roto Toms. Uh -oh. uh, that's you'll hear it more 
the album that we're working on currently at the Hot Box. Uh, I wanted to integrate uh, Roto's because it was very like, I mean, creator, yeah, creator, creator early you know, or, yeah, like it's it's the good shit, yeah. the good shit sounds awesome, you know, and then like low toms, like as powerful and punchy as you can, just to like get that like almost like when you listen to Celtic Frost and then they use timpanis. In that way, yeah. that same evil, dark, yep. heavy shit, you know. And you know, Morbid I just use whatever drums I can get. <laughs> I use Sebastian's right now. Uh, I bought my own china though, and that's pretty cool. I got two chinas now. I got a small one, and a big one. Nice. You know, I feel like you're, mo- you're moving up to the point you get the cage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With like the the uh, chain link. Yeah. Stands. You know, yeah. from Steel Dragon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stand up and shout! <laughs> yeah. Stand up, stand up. So speaking of your record, uh, how's that coming along? Like, it's good. Um, yeah. It's uh, we're definitely taking our time. Uh, we want to perfect it, and make it sound good. Uh, we have a lot of ideas. Basically, we're trying to be as organized and patient with it. We got all the drum tracks done. Most of the left side guitar, we're going to work on the left side next, into the right, and the bass, and the vocals, of course, and then we have a bunch of extras that, I don't want to spoil anything, but you'll hear it, it's going to be cool, um, it's to, it's, it's to put every, get the listener in an experience, in an experience, I've been drinking a lot of White Claw, you know. That's alright. That's uh, what we do here. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we do here. You are in a metal tavern. Yeah. Yes, yeah. in the tavern, you yeah. drink. You are, yeah. you are in a tavern. Horns up. Horns but up, people. The way I've always viewed music is very, like, um, I think of a lot of imagery. Maybe people think of music in different, different ways, but I always, like, picture something in my mind, almost like a movie scene without, like, being an actual movie, unless it is about a movie. Then I just imagine that. But, like, you, we like it to be... I mean, art is expressive and subjective, so, like, with that, you want to add some shit to, like, put someone into that into that position to really get them to feel the way that they need to feel music know? speaks to the soul i mean no. you all can probably think of some song that will take you back to different points in your life and oh, that's yeah. sh- it's like you have a soundtrack of your life and the way you're explaining this is exactly how you want to bring in your audience just by saying hey we're trying to give you the experience yes yeah. yeah so speaking of your aesthetic like when it comes to your lyrical themes, what do you go by? Like, is it political, social, horror? What is it exactly you focus on? I would say sci-fi. Okay. Sci-fi, sci-fi and then like also like a, a mixture of just like that good old darkness and evil. Yeah. You know, dystopian. Yeah. You know, never go wrong with that. Yeah. I was gonna say like one idea, or at least one idea with Deathless is like we're we're brutal thrash from the demented future. Brutal thrash, my demented yeah. future. I like I'm pretty this. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty sure all of us have like some sort of interest in whether it be like sci-fi or like I don't know, like even just Satan. What's the name? Yeah, and Satan. <laughs> Satan. Could it be Satan? In league with Satan. 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 <laughs> yeah. We're so bad. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. My grandma would have a heart attack if she heard this right now. <laughs> Well, that's because they always look at you as like innocent kids. She, she doesn't know I have a pentagram tattooed on my. Uh oh. 
I hide it every time I see her. You better not go <laughs> swimming around her. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sure before I go over there. You go over there and you're like, I'm wearing pants I'm the nicest boy for grandma. (laughs) Yes, you are. I don't want to break her heart, you know. You don't want to be like, grandma. She just thinks I play rock and roll and I just leave it at that. Yes, I'm (laughs) I'm playing the new Elvis hits. Right. (laughs) I loved Elvis. So does her mom. Yeah. She, I don't want to think about it. I just watched the Elvis uh, biopic. Uh, recently, we, we haven't watched it yet. It's good. Three hours. It's I good. haven't sat down. Uh, there's some stuff I don't like about it, but that's besides but the point. It's, it's directed by Baz Luhrmann, and I'm like, mm. I love all his stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. So I think I'll like it. But every time I get up so early, like every time we're like ready to sit down and watch it, I'm like, I don't want to fall asleep, and I want to really watch it. Like I really want to experience it. The one thing that traumatized me though was like, I know my grandma was crazy about Elvis. She was crazy about the pickle wiggle, and I don't like that. <laughs> oh, oh. She was probably like all about Elvis and you know what was going on down there. Well, now you just need to go and show her Bubba Hota up and then. Grandma. I love you, Grandma. She doesn't get on Facebook. That's okay. My other grandma in California is probably cool with it. She rocks. <laughs> so obviously. Um, when you opened up for Oxygen Story, that was a really fun show. A lot of fun bands that we were looking forward to. Have you had any other bands? You did mention uh, Night Hag and some of the other ones that opened up for. Is there any other shows that you really enjoyed playing so far? Ooh, there's been a lot of really good shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say Oxygen Destroyer, Ecto Void, and Night Hag, Craven Idol. Craven, Craven Idol yeah. was good. Craven Idol, that was an awesome, awesome, awesome show. Well, uh, what was the one at Atlas that we did? That was a High, great Spirits. Show. High Spirits. High Spirits was a great show. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. definitely all the Hassan shows we've played so far. All the Ripping Headache shows we played. The Chill Factory shows. Y- were cool. Yeah, both Chill Factory shows. For, we for band for wise, good. though, I think like the more recent ones were probably some of the best. Especially Oxygen. I oh, think yeah. Oxygen Destroyer knocks it all out of the park. Yeah, yeah. that one. Was, well, and that was sold out. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that was one. Sold out. Sold it was out. our first sold out show. It was yeah. on Vivek's birthday, so it was very special. It's a very memorable show. Yeah. Also, like Grishka was on it, and I'm homies with all. Those yeah, beeps. We yeah, we love. Uh, those. I'm in we a band Bushka. with Sebastian and Ben called Castle Freak. So you know. Oh yeah. Ben, ben like with yeah. the dreads. Yeah. Ben, ben. Well, did he ben, ben, cut his yeah. bed? He cut his dreads or no? No, 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 okay. no he, yeah, he, he, he still has his dreads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we saw him. We saw him. Yeah. yeah. But it was cool to it was cool to see that too because like uh. I didn't get. I don't think I got. To, no, I, I got to see Grishka before, but um. But they played at Henry's house a couple times, I think. Yeah, yeah. they played it at Hell. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they played at Hell when when Castle Freak played there. Yeah, Ilsa uh, was also on the bill. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm actually about to fill in for Grishka in October. We're doing a few runs. I'm gonna do. Yeah, we, I think I, I can't remember. I talked to a singer a couple times. They're really cool. Dude. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sweetheart. Danny's great. Yep. So, speaking of tours, uh, if you could, I always like to ask bands this, what is like your dream tour that you would like to play on? Dream <laughs> tour? Dream tour! I got something to do. Creator. If we got to tour with Creator, that would be cool. Or like, or even play, or even play with Sodom, that would be sick too. Any, any sort of legendary thrash band, but we also gotta bring our boys, or our homies in Nuclear Tunes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Take them along for the yeah, journey. Yeah, because they're they're our best buds. They're yeah. fantastic. So any tour with Nuclear Tomb would be the dream tour. Yeah. But also, I don't know, like, of course, like some of the greats, you know, like I, I'd love the to tour Sodom, Creator, you know, any, Dark Angel, Demolition yeah. Hammer, Morgan Saint. 
Just or, throw them in. Or, or, or razor. Or, or yeah. fucking like obituary would be awesome. Obituary would be Obituary is so good. I would love, oh we would love to. Honestly, Cannibal Corpse, too, while we're at it. <laughs> we torn, torn this is a long time ago, but we saw it was like a My Bloody Valentine show at um, Soundstage. Sound yeah. It was Cannibal Corpse, Obituary, and. I think. Uh, shit. Um, You're hurting my head. Me, too. But it was like amazing. This was a couple of years. Well, oh, we've seen God, obituary I, a few times. They are so good. Like seven years ago. Oh, they're always good. Yeah. Oh wait, wasn't Cryptopsy and Abysmal Dawn on that? Book? Thank you. Yes. I, I saw that show in Milwaukee. That when I was living out in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah that was a good one. Cannibal were great. Yeah. What would your dream tour be, Jimmy? Jeez, I mean. <laughs> What can I say that you guys have? Yeah, he's like, you stole my ideas. <laughs> we're going to do Ooh, like um, a death metal Woodstock three-day festival. A Not MDF, but like a th- everybody has to get naked and it rains. Yeah, we'll have to thrash. switch it because we already have a lot of death It should be fest. all thrash yep. Woodstock. Get, get, get the Japanese Sabat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need, we need like... Death Hammer, yeah, and like Vulture, yeah, Vulture Amorphia, yeah, Vulture's great. Oh yeah, like it'd be so cool if they came over here and like we got to play with them. Yeah, because Necromant bands rock. Necromantheon too. Oh yeah, Fast Kill. He's trying to get to the bathroom. Like talking about like international thrash that rocks. Oh man, it's like modern too. Yeah, it's like this is stuff that came out in the past couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously, if we got to play with Necromantheon, that would be a dream come true for me. I have not. I l- Visions of Trang's mess. Mag- I can't say the title, but it, it's either either way. That album, best thrash album I've heard in a long time. I'd like time. to tour the Midnight too. That'd, That'd be sweet. They kick ass it's live midnight, all the time. Midnight are sick. Yeah, a lot of people like Midnight. I, I have a hard time kind of getting into them, but uh, really, yeah, I don't like know why it is, but death and roll. <laughs> I'm not Rock super into them myself. Really? But at the same time. I recognize that a lot of people like them, and they're, they're true too. And so yeah. it's like it, it's, yeah, I have yeah. nothing against them. I think nah. they're cool, tastefully yeah. evil. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, totally. Can't wait to see them along with Creator and Merciful oh, Fate. Yeah, yeah. more. Yeah, I don't have tickets for that yet, but I definitely want to go. I've never seen Fate live. I've seen oh, King live a few times, but uh, never, never seen Fate. Yeah. I'm ready. I bought my tickets as soon as I heard about it. Yeah. Um, because you mentioned. You guys are kind of involved in like a classic rock thing, right? Um, well, we're doing a Motown type thing, but uh, me and me and Sebastian, we live together, and I, I probably mentioned that I like five times. <laughs> hey, did I, did I mention that me and Sebastian live together. Uh, we we just jam in the basement. We'll play like Tom Petty, Deep Purple, like that's some of the shit that I would play. Oh God! Well, that's the thing is like. One of the things I wanted to ask you guys was, you know, I'm 52, so when I was growing up, like, earliest age five, which is around 75, I just was listening to the radio at night, and I listened to the classic rock mm-hmm. stuff. That's sort of how, like, I got in tune with rock music. Yeah. Gotcha. So then the 80s, of course, came around, it was always the hair and hard rock bands that I was into, and then I did try to get in Slayer around 86 when I heard uh, Hunting the Chapel, but it didn't yeah, really yeah. do much for me. Damn. But... About yeah, a year later, some guy introduced me to Master of Puppets, and that really changed my world. So right. then I, you know, a few years later, went back to Slayer, and I was like, okay, I get so it now. Get yeah, it now. So yeah I get it now. Yeah. And then it was like 97, so I'm probably in my late 20s, and I started getting to black metal a little bit, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting it, yeah. yeah. It just kept progressively getting heavier and heavier, so <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, do you, for you guys, was it always like an instant click with you, like, 
extreme metal or did it always kind of start somewhere else well i i was raised in a household that listened to all different types of music so i've always had an appreciation for different types but i the earliest i can remember i was definitely in elementary school and i was like craving something heavier but i didn't know how to discover it because i was so young and my sisters didn't listen to that sort of thing but um then when I got into middle school, you know, I met Sebastian and we, we went to the same middle school. We had some friends and our buddy Isaac actually introduced us to Black Dolly Murder. And uh, that was the first time I heard a blast beat in the song was the vulgar picture. And I was like, this shit rules, you know? And then from there, like, well, we, we were kind of tapping into, into like Metallica, Megadeth, got into Warbringer and stuff too. <laughs> um, but it, it was like that for us. We constantly looked for something heavier throughout like you know and then we got into like soft shit afterwards and we were just touring a lot and tired of listening to just metal every night sometimes you need to kind of wind down a little bit yeah yeah hollow notes see her and i if we were ever doing shit like that we'd be playing 80s pop music yeah. on our town time <laughs> we listen to a lot of funk yeah. Yeah. A lot of hard, Shout out to uh, Heatwave, yeah, and Slave, 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 Ohio players. Yeah, Ohio players. I'd say, you know, for for me, it was like I was very much into like punk and like skateboarding and like all that, just like '80s hardcore punk stuff, you know. And I went to the same high school as Vivek, and Vivek was already into like you know metal and stuff like that. So we kind of like. We it was it was we, we mixed our styles. Yeah, you know? I got him more into like punk, and he got me into metal. It was like a microcosm of the crossover. Yeah, that's a crossover. great band name. Yeah, so it's like thrash, like in, instantly like clicked with me. You know, classic heavy metal click, instantly clicked with me. Um, you know, then I worked my way to get more brutal from there. You know, getting into death metal. You know, some. He yeah. exposed me to so much stuff that, like, I didn't even realize was out there because I grew up in my mom. My mom loves Black Sabbath, so like, I was always raised again on lots of different types of music. Yeah. She also loves Elvis and Motown mm -hmm. and all too. But when I met him, like, I was already into metal, especially this was 2002, and you you've got the whole new metal wave going through, and it yeah. was really popular. And um, the thing I love when you meet because we were complete strangers when we met when you meet someone new it's like he and he's very into sharing music so he would and this is back in the day you don't want to hear this you want to hear this this is back in the day when you made like mixed cds or oh, yeah, yeah yeah so he made those. me a couple of mixed cds and they were all metal music songs but they were like very different and i'm like there's just so much out there. There's so much music out there. Like, yeah. you're never going to listen to it all. The funny joke with her is oh, she had kind of forgotten where the CD had come from. <laughs> so she came up to me and literally goes, have you heard the song Painkiller? I'm like, no, <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> so I knew Judas Priest from the 70s up yeah. until, like, breaking the law. Again, because my mom was classic rock and stuff. Right. And then... He makes me the mix CD, and it had a couple of, of songs from pain, from Painkiller, or it was Painkiller, Nightcrawler, and something else. Touch of Evil. Touch of Evil. Well, yeah. Can't nice. resist the touch of evil. evil. So. Great stuff. I had never heard. You have to, like, 
Do you ever have that feeling when you hear a song for the first time? Like the oh yeah, yeah. It's like head to toe electricity, and that's how I yeah. felt when Everything I heard pain. Yeah. yeah, I heard painkiller, and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. He's like, that shit came out in like ninety one. But it was my first time, and he he was just laughing so hard because it just made such an impact on me. I actually dressed up as Rob Halford for Halloween. (laughs) That's awesome. He'd be proud. He would. would. I follow him on Instagram. He has some great Instagram. Oh, yeah. Happy Catter Day. I know. He loves cats. I I get mad, though, like when he's just wearing like shorts and a t-shirt. I'm like... Come on, Rob. Oh, this one's ridiculous, dude, because we both love Napalm Death a lot, and uh, she, whenever we see Napalm, dude, she has gone up and hugged Barney about a million times that he'll never forget her. Like Barney's a good guy. He is very cool. We I talked mean, to him when Jax was still in Springfield. and nice. uh, he's, he's a wild man. He was, like, stirring, drinking his tea, he's just like chilling. I'm like, I've, I've heard some funny stuff about him, how, like, he'll eat anything. Like there's there's a rumor that he's uh, been challenged to eat an entire pizza in the box, oh, wow. and he wants to do that. But he's vegan, <laughs> so it has to be a cheese pizza. Yeah, but who knows? You know, he yeah. did I do? I mean, Ozzy Osbourne did snort ants. Yeah, he I snorted mean, fire ants. I mean, come on, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he'll make it work. Somehow, it's somehow, yeah. He'll be like, listen, this is cheese. <laughs> and I guess basically cardboard is fiber, so I guess it's a plant. Cardboard is technically fiber. good for you. <laughs> technically, yeah. it's good for you. You should be able to eat it. I mean, it's like you know. Fuck it, I'll, I'll eat some. Cardboard. So I can drink the bleach. You drink just for just water. Drink the bleach. Yeah. <laughs> bleach water. <laughs> technically, bleach. You know, we're ninety-five percent water. Yeah. Now I know that uh, Vic, because friends that we are, he uh, he's also a pilot. Yes. Yes. I am. So I find that very cool. You and I were talking on the night of your birthday, like you're saying how you're trying to do your uh, big plane, the the jumbo jets license. Yeah. And I'm like, are they going to make you cut your hair? He says, they're not going to do that. <laughs> no, they're not. They they're can't not. do that because, like, if you were female and you had long hair, they'd just be like, put it in a bun or something. Yeah. Like, you, they, there's just like whatever the regulations are. They can't yeah. do that. They they probably can, but I'm not going to let them. But I was wondering, do you guys have anything like that as well that you do, or anything special in that regard? Not really. He's like, I'm Honestly, not a pilot. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, but, I mean, Vivek's got. I can eat a mean guy. pizza though. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I eat a mean pizza, drink a mean beer. You know? <laughs> have an amazing voice. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Yes. He does. He does. Yes. I, I just, for like my profession, I, I'm a piercer, so I like poke people in different parts of their body. It's pretty cool. It's it's very reward uh, rewarding to um, have someone come in, be really nervous, and me talk them down. Then I pierce them, and they look at it, and they're, it's like a new sense of confidence that's brought to them. I didn't know you were a piercer. Yeah, I, I, I poke lo- holes. I need more holes. Like, no, no. Because like, I have like, all these up here, and I like the ear decorations. You don't like, need I to be popular. Or, yeah. You don't need to be pinhead. I, I do that, <laughs> and like I just I'm I just write a lot of music with Sebastian and then I also paint and do photography whenever I have free time. I was, <laughs> I was, well, I was thinking because I used to write like lyrics for songs that I never wrote. Where are they? Where are they? I don't Where know. Are they? But I was like, I gotta give it to a band. I gotta find one for a band that will actually use them. I'll just be funny we'll as use shit. Them. <laughs> we'll integrate them. It's actually not, he's, he's playing it down. Like he's downplaying himself. It's very poetic actually. 
some of it is. I, I liked it. He has Release a, it. I believe it. He has a binder. Yeah, I remember this is the 80s, so he had a binder, and he would, like, write things down. I had a binder, and I had one I in 2013. They're timeless. They're timeless pieces. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, because I was writing them around late 80s, early 90s, so, like, they're probably dated in terms of, like, like even if just a band used them, mm-hmm. you would probably alter them a little bit to yeah. a little more update, but... Plenty of people do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I told him one time when I read them, I'm like, this... If you didn't say, hey, these are, like, lyrics to a song, it's almost, like, some interesting poetry. Like, I know mm-hmm. some... They're meant to be death metal lyrics, but it, it's, it's written really well. Right. He just... Sometimes he just uh, doesn't have the confidence, and I think he's pretty cool. Like, and I liked yeah. what... So when you say, like, oh, I'm doing photography and this, like, don't downplay it. Like, you're doing, no, no. you know, you're... She co- loves photography. Yeah, I, I, I... I love that shit, too. When I was in high school, that was my... Because my high school turned into a magnet school, and I did photography and dance, and it was, like, so badass. And, like, when I see people and they're like, oh, yeah, this is my photography, I'm like, I did it back when it was film. And I did yeah. what you're doing, yeah. like, in the dark room. I do film, too. I have over 150 film cameras, and I develop and scale oh, wow. and film. Print my own. I, I make. I used to make little, like, photo albums, like, uh, when I was on that last tour with Cavaleras in Europe. I took a bunch of, like, um, behind-the-scenes photos. I took, like, architectural photography, different, like, street photography, too, and what? I made, like, a little booklet of it That's all. That's so cool. Yeah, we have a friend, uh, Mark, who plays for Blame God, and... Uh, oh, yeah, Mark Valentino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does great he photography. Yeah. I love Mark. Yeah, he, he, um, he shot photos for Piggy D when we played at the Decimal Metal and Beer Festival, and we did Prowler in its entirety. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. He and I had some photography... Fuck me. <laughs> Where everyone's fucking up their shit tonight. Yeah. <laughs> photography nerddom because... I'm like six claws deep. Huh? He, was, he was like top... Because I think one of And his, usually it's me fucking up everything. It's everybody he, else. He's, he gets tongue-tied faster than I do, but... Today I am. No, no, Mark and I were like having some photography nerddom because he was like... You know how sometimes you post and it's like you're having a, a rant or something and people have come up to him and they're like hey hey how do you get like this shot and that shot and i'm i'm like you know when you actually have learned it there's a reason why like you learn photography like you could just take your camera and put it on auto and hope for the best but yeah, you just shoot whenever it looks cool or like whenever you feel the time is right but just like, capturing a moment it was really funny because because we were talking about like you know shutter speed and aperture and stuff and he's like i'm not giving these people like my blueprint on how to get it was yeah. just really funny. He's got his secrets. Mm-hmm. I respect it, but damn. Well, basically, the uh, last question I get to, and I always like to ask people this, is uh, even though now I think in this day and age it's kind of been blown over and everything, but what is your positions or feelings on the Napster or illegal downloading? Do you think it hurt the industry, or do you think it maybe helped the underground a little bit? How do you perceive I that? I would say it helped the underground. Yeah, it helped the underground for like, sure. Like, uh, my, my thing, so... My family's from India. They are not rockers. Like, like I had to discover rock and metal all on my own. Like, growing up in my own household, it was just traditional Indian music that would be played. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love that stuff. But, but there was a certain world of Western music that I did, I just didn't know about. And I would go to school, and people would tell me about it, and I would try to just seek out music that way. Um, yeah. Illegal downloads, those saved me because I could just download mm-hmm. discographies of bands that I was already into and I would just consume music. Right. It didn't matter what. Yeah. 
Pirate Bay. <laughs> good, many good adventures on the Pirate Bay. Well, that's no, why I was kind of thought it would. I just, uh, <laughs> I was, I, I actually never Yo, got on. What about Bear Share? Wow, <laughs> Bear Club. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely helped. Yeah, uh, it's more uh, accessible to people. So, yeah. like, I mean, when I was, I was a child when I first started, like really digging into music and trying to find my my way through music and um i couldn't pay for that shit on my own my parents like i remember specifically one time i this was when i was young too so don't judge me but like i was getting into like slipknot and shit and my sisters yeah i i enjoyed that shit and my sisters were like you don't listen to this music and i was like uh you don't know that, you know. They were listening to System of Down. I fucking love System of Me Down, too. and I wanted to look for something that was a lot like that, you know. And then, I was, you know, it just came about like that. I think sometimes it helped, uh, like you were saying, broaden your horizons, but also like give you ideas. Because I know sometimes when you would download, other things would kind of pop up, and yeah. you're like, "Let me try that." Yeah. Let's try that. Yeah. I also think too. You can call it good or you can call it bad or you can call it neutral. The whole thing with Napster really kind of blew up like the super band. Yeah. It, it's it, you have sure. to be like you have to be like uh fucking like Lady Gaga or Prince, God rest his soul. Like you have to be something oh, yeah. like that to be that super band and back in the day it was the record companies were controlling everything yeah. and, and they were like giving you shitty contracts even though you were making a lot of money and you were touring you were doing amazing and you're like with lots of hookers and blow and it was like you're living the life but you were like losing well, see, your rights that's how they get you but it all comes out of your royalties mm-hmm. yeah. and you're losing yeah. your rights to your yeah. music and yeah. stuff yeah. and you, you gotta be careful you hear it. about these bands like um I hate to hijack this for a second, sure, but uh, sure. like one of the best things that I ever read that really changed my life for how to conduct myself in the music business was reading the real Frank Zappa book, which is as close to an autobiography as you can get. I mean, he said all the words, but somebody else interpreted it. Right. It down. One of the things that he mentions in there is a lot about like how to, you know, take control over every aspect of your creative endeavors and to make sure that you don't get fucked over by anybody in the process yeah there's a lot of uh, sole proprietor accountability and stuff like that and that is the small cost that you'll pay I mean it ends up being a big cost at the end of the day if it really flops but at least you failed on your own and nobody else is like you know hunting you down for millions of dollars and you know expired yeah. contracts and you know insurance claims and whatnot you get to fail on your own terms, and uh-huh. also you get to control your entire musical and creative destiny. And it's yours. Yep. Right. I, I mean, you. And not a whole lot of bands get to own that these days, and you know, even further than just like the whole Napster thing. I, I think you could even extend this conversation all the way into you know like home recording. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what I do. Like I, I'm not anyone special. I'm not Bob Rock or Steve Albini. Shit, like Scott Burns. Yeah, yeah I, I'll never be any of those guys. I'm just some dickhead in a basement with a computer and a couple of nice interfaces, and I can record bands, and I know how to make them sound the way that they want to. Well, I always thought that was the funny thing about Metallica because in the '80s, it was all about tape trading. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were a band that was relying heavily on yeah. tape trading. All yeah, extreme right. metal was. Right. I mean, yeah. it was a to only like, yeah. you know, be heard and be seen and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. 
But also at the same time, like, you know, for what bands are doing nowadays, taking everything into their control, I don't think in the 80s Metallica would have sounded the way that they did mm-hmm. with, you know, demo stuff back then. But nowadays, you can make a record that sounds pretty damn close to Master of Puppets oh, yeah. in your basement. Yeah. yeah. Or in your friend's mom's, sister's, neighbor's, babysitter's, you know, like closet or whatever, you yeah. know, like, you can make it fucking happen these days is the point that I'm trying to make. And that just kind of further gives the control to the artists and the people who are actually creating the shit. And there was two things I discovered when Napster came out, and I was in my late 20s. And one was, at the time that Napster came out, my friend, uh, who was actually a corporate lawyer, he was going to Virginia at the time, and uh, he said, yeah, you know, uh, with this Napster thing, we got like a T1 line. If you have some albums that you want me to get for you, I can. I said... Well, that's a good idea because some of the shit that I used to... I had a bunch of tapes stolen from me when I was in my early 20s before I left Colorado. And one of them at the time was Laws, Rockets, Annihilation Principle. So, like, I said, see if you can find his record because they no longer have it in print. I think part of it with Napster was it, it helped labels reinitiate getting these records out because when they saw yeah. people were going after this stuff, they said, oh, well, we need to start doing this because they're right. going to buy it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other part was exactly what Sebastian's getting at is that with the help of this and what I see with all you young bands and whatnot is that you can cut out the middleman. Definitely. The labels don't longer have to be there. They can't just say, we're going to go to magazines, we're going to have these 10 bands uh, spotlighted while the rest of you fall behind. It's no longer like that. If you go out there and you prove that you can kick ass, fuck yeah. Metallica. If you blow them right off the fucking stage, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's now in your hands. And I really, really like that. I know a lot of, like, independent artists who are, like, one-man projects that do some amazing work. And it's like, without the internet, they probably would never have been heard at all. With that being said, having the internet's great for discovering music and everything. And I... I do love it for that and we've we've encouraged people to illegally download like noise and records too when i was still noise but uh it does have i mean there's a balance within everything you know there's good and bad you know with that the the bad thing is like i mean it's it's popular now buying physical copies like vinyl cds seven you see all of the crap we have down here and upstairs it's not for everyone too and with having so much so many different formats that you can have the music on. Um, not everyone's gonna just want to buy a record or a CD because they don't have that. It's, it, Bluetooth is everywhere now. Mm-hmm. It's a new age yeah. digital. No one's yeah. paying for shit, and then people rely on Spotify, Apple Music, and they don't pay band shit either. You know. Well, now, that's that's now it's about it's like now it's to about be, merch. Yeah, and it's about marketing yourself. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you also have to be your own quote unquote social influencers in order, and you see that with everything nowadays, like. Um, I don't know, like, even if you're just selling a freaking car, it's you yeah. have to, like, get as many people to follow you. I, for, for me, like, because we grew up in the analog era before, mm-hmm. like, the internet even became something, 
what I, I like you were saying, what I, I really like about the internet is like, oh, I just heard this song. I'm going to Google it and find every single song, and it's probably on YouTube, and it mm. really like helps you appreciate that band. And yeah. then you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm going to go to their website, I'm going to buy their stuff, and that is amazing. But to your point with like Spotify, Apple Music, these larger corporations are also like really still taking advantage oh, yeah. of the smaller bands. Yeah. And I know there are, well, that's there what are still was. big bands. The minute these bands start saying we're going to stream this stuff, they're like, oh, well, we got to get in on this and, and basically take it over. Yeah. So yeah. now the bands get fucked again. Yeah. So but this is why whenever I... Well, you know, there are some larger bands that will not do Spotify or Apple yeah, Music at all because they're like... And there, there's people. there's a there's a charm to that too. You know, you you make it more, you make yourself more like um, you, you want to be more sought out, I guess you could say that. Um, but like with with bands, they, they heavily rely on touring to even get exposure too, because you got to be able to like get out there and expose yourself. And not everyone's gonna yeah. find you on the internet because there's so many fucking bands out there. You know, yeah. yeah well, now that's the only yeah. problem you got is like your yeah. competition. And then, you know? and then with that. Not, I've been I've played some really shitty shows, you know. Not uh, before the pandemic, there wasn't a lot of people coming out to shows, you know. Mm-hmm. I, at least I felt that way. And then after the pandemic, I, I've lately there's been so many shows, and a lot of those shows have been packed out. And it's great to I see. I think it's people did not appreciate what they had mm-hmm. yeah. before it was gone. Yeah, yeah. Everything. I mean, we went to a Vader show, and there was like six people. Yeah. Wow. What? That's a travesty. That's, that's, that's when um, six. What was the old venue? Uh, Uh, Sonar. Sonar. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It was a Wednesday night. We went when we went to where's the Enslaved poster? Somewhere around here. We went to see Enslaved. It was his birthday, like 2014, maybe. Yeah, somewhere there. And it was also a weeknight, and there was maybe 20 people there. It was so intimate. But the great thing is they sang Happy Birthday to me. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It was at Soundstage. A big venue, and there's like 20 people there, yeah. and they still played like there was 200 people there. I, yeah, I saw respect. Dis- I saw respect. destruction with only 10 people in the room. Oh wow! Like years ago at Bourbon Street. Oh, yeah, exactly. But then I saw my Maryland Death Fest with thousands of people. You know, it's it's weird. And that's the that same. We, awesome. we saw Vader with Overkill packed, like yeah. so packed. And then when we went, we saw Vader quite a few times in a couple of years, and. I was really, really excited to see them at Sonar, and I'm like, is this right? Is, I, I kind of blame some promoters on that, because there are a lot of people that just, like, post stuff and don't, like, actually do the work to, like, either flyer or, like, just, like, bug a lot of people about it, talk about it a lot, get people right. to talk about it a lot. Yes, the know? whole thing about being the influencer. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've dealt with, with some promoters in different states that were just, like, make a Facebook like, like event, event or and something. then invite some people and then people will forget about it whereas like we've played shows where hell um didn't you like uh, I think you printed out the posters <laughs> and we would stick them all around town and all around DC oh yeah. I, did, I did that I did yeah. that yeah yeah like like every show every show that we've played so far I always make it a point to just print out the flyers for them and just go to like not only Baltimore DC but like Northern Virginia and Frederick too just go and flyer that's that's yeah. what I tried to do I mean that's what we did back in the 90s like that I mean yeah. there it wasn't like the way it is now it's not yeah. like you went on Instagram and like 
oh repost this repost yeah, that right. yeah. that does help because you reach people that maybe don't even go outside especially if you yeah. like hashtag it and, yeah. and people are just yeah, looking yeah. at their reels or something but now yeah, you got totally. like you got the double you got the double there you know you can yeah, physical medium isn't dead yet yeah mm-hmm. i think it's actually coming back because i i see a lot of people especially um which kind of surprises me especially with my job that they're like i'm not on social media at all and like i yeah. i'm on social media i enjoy it but i use it mainly for like communicating with people who are not right. near me yeah, yeah. And, and when so and when you're far away that. and you're like okay i need to communicate with my family they're like we just email yeah. right. so there are still yeah. people who appreciate like just straight totally. like flyers and yeah. stuff yeah. Yeah. and the longer yeah. that people simply just take pictures on their phones which either get broken lost or stolen over the course of time yeah i think that brings people back around to want something physical and tangible yeah, yeah. memories and yeah. collecting experiences and things You're like living that living more in the moment i feel like yeah. hopefully one day all the technology will make people it's it's kind of like when you eat a lot of junk and your body kind of craves like vegetables or like sort of craves like fruits or something like that like you need that sort of thing it's going to come back around in a cycle and people will be like that's why like vinyl came back and why cassettes are back and everything like which reminds me are you guys going to put that on cassette because <laughs> yeah. i want that shit on He's cassette really big on cassettes right I now i love cassettes Bro, cassettes are cool we're we're trying to I'll figure w out one personally straight direct mixes from my house. You the man. And yeah. I will hand deliver it over here. You the man. And then on the way back home, I'll stop and say hi to my granny. <laughs> and then I'll jump on Facebook and like, I got the other one, bitches. Fuck you all. <laughs> one of one. One of one. Just for me. Metal Tavern edition. Right. I'll have them sign it with their blood. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. Even more original. I was going to say, going back to like, uh, when you when you brought up the point that there's more people now than ever, it, it one thing I've noticed there's a whole new generation of kids that are that are just coming to shows. Yeah, like, that's been cool. That's what's really cool. Did you see those kids? The like the mom took the, the kids. We were sitting next to him at the pie shop at, at, at your show. Yeah, they're young kids, yeah. and the mom was just like, "Okay, guys." Yeah, she was sitting downstairs. She, she bought them. a bunch of merch. That's and everything up. it was it was just really sweet like yeah. it's it's really that's great cool as hell yeah. i remember from that show like there were these two kids that just walked up to me as i'm like breaking down my gear they're like hey what tuning do you use and i and i just said e flat they're like cool and then they walked away you know, yeah, I think one of us up front headbanging to OD that was like, you, like yeah. five years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah five years ago, that was me. No, it's yeah. funny. It's like I know what that's like. I'd be like, wait, what tuning do you, do you use, or like, what's that drum beat you're using? It, it feels good to pass it on, you know, because yeah. like these kids are growing up in in a weird time. Yeah, you know, seriously. You know, and like to have this coming out of the pandemic, you know, and then having all these shows, they're starting to kind of like uh, discover themselves and you know get into music the way that they should. And it's it's bringing back uh, a charming time, you know, where you go out and see shows with your friends in weird places too. Like they're doing shows at Fort Armistead now. Oh, and okay. Th- I would love to get Dustless to play one of those shows, but um, it's it's just really cool to see so many young kids out doing this because yeah. you know we were doing the same thing and we're getting a little bit older and we want this shit to stay alive, so you know. So okay, so when it comes to like social media, how do people find you guys? Like as far as the band, and we have an Instagram and a Facebook page. Yeah. Our Instagram is Desolus underscore DMV and Facebook. Uh, it's it's 
just Desolus DMV. I think that's like the username for it. But you can just find us on Facebook. I just made it recently. Yeah. yeah. So. I liked you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. I, saw, like, I think she's beating me because I kept trying to look for a page. I couldn't find one. <laughs> uh, so I. I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook because... I barely get on it. This is how old I am. I joined Facebook when you still had to have a college email address. And I... Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I used my University of Phoenix.edu. What well, was that, early 2000s? I had mine in 2009. 2005 yeah. or six. Actually, I was still MySpace, and at that time, she's like, you gotta oh, come yeah. to Facebook. I'm like, why? I was like, I don't <laughs> want to go to MySpace, or Facebook. I want to stay on MySpace. You can listen to music on here. Well, that was... I think what was happening with MySpace, it was getting... The games. Well, that's what's happening with, with freaking Facebook now. Like, it's All getting games. a little too yeah. You can't listen to Bloodlust anymore. Yeah, you can't listen to Bloodlust. Dundalk Heroes from back yeah. in the day. No one will ever know who Bloodlust is. It's like a speed metal band from around here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very super, super duper underground. Sounds like it. Yeah. But, you know. I, yeah. We're, we're trying to uh, do a little bit more. We'll post some fun stuff. And we, we have a lot of ideas for what we want to do in the future with... Um, whether it be like releases, um, like whether it be a video or promo you know, pics, promo pics, <laughs> yeah. Or, or you guys should like do music. like a Charlie Angels, like, <laughs> like, like no, like be like, but it's gotta be evil. It was kind of funny on the way. Make it evil. It was. It was no. It was funny you mentioned like something with guns because like on the way here, Jimmy and I were talking. It's like we should have like I mean like like the pulse rifles from Aliens, you know. We should have that in, in a promo pic where it's just all three of us holding them, pointing them at the camera. Uh, but no, you know what'd be so great? I'm gonna be the Cameron Diaz of Desolus. If you guys did a black and red, you're, you're gonna laugh. I, I almost a, a replica of Striper's Soldiers Under Command. Oh my doing. god! <laughs> the red and black Striper. attack. The red and black attack went totally opposite of what they were. But yeah. do you remember that when? Do you remember when that band did a uh, sort of a mock-up of uh, Shout the Devil? No. They were making fun of uh, Vince Neil and Nikki Six, but they were like some black metal band doing it, and it was wow. so fucking hilarious. <laughs> That was one of his first um, concerts because it was a Christian band and his, he was allowed to go. My parents were allowed me to go to that one. Yeah. But I got to see Loudness in TNT and I was like, yeah. Hell yeah. They, were nice. th they were throwing Bibles out into the audience. Did you catch one? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> It came out like I'm like. <laughs> One thing I I'm I'm rewinding a little bit because I I just kind of thought of this when we were talking about um how did you get your treats? She did. She got her treats. Um the the mega bands that were out there like you got to think of the 80s like the Van Halens and the Def Leppards and all and then kind of how Napster kind of put a stop to it. But I don't know if you remember the band um, Everclear. Yeah, I remember. They were like a big alternative band. Yeah. And yeah. they were on Howard Stern like early 2000s. And when you guys were speaking to like uh, keeping control of your yourselves and keeping control music. of your music yeah. and your royalties, mm -hmm. they had um, sold their royalties because they yeah. were, it, it was after like the alternative like hype. Mm -hmm. kind of started fizzling out and they were not like making a lot of money on their music 
Yeah, they're basically trying to cash out, and I know one of the guys had a drug issue, but yeah, he figured, okay, well, the scene is dying, so let's go and get what mother money can for the the music. Yeah, but then like he realizes he lost so much out of it because I mean, it was even if it never got big again. Think of how many like Everclear songs are used in commercials or yeah. movies and all stuff. your royalties. So it right would just a, it would just be like a tiny like teachers. I don't want to say teacher salary, but like a small <coughs> salary a year that he would be guaranteed. Get a job like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> but he he sold all of that because he was struggling with depression, he was struggling yeah. with money, and he was struggling with like, you know, this is the end of an era. And that's kind of like what this shit did to bands because they were at the they were at the peak mm-hmm. for a long time. And then it's like they had nowhere to go after the whole crash. I think the pandemic definitely broke a lot of bands too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think that was the For next sure. generation yeah, of definitely. like the the fizzle out of something. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it, but like I don't know. But with like that's that's a part of the cycle of life anyway. You know, with death, there's always like rebirth, and you know that rebirth, uh, different generation of people making different kinds of music. Like I've noticed within the recent years, a lot of like there have been a lot of bands playing mixed bills with like either hip hop groups or alternative groups. Oh yeah, and, and this reminds people, me a lot of the '90s. Is yeah. what's happening right now. Yeah, more and more people are getting into different genres of music outside of their realm, and yeah. you know that's I honestly wish like everyone could be as open minded as possible. It seems it seems to me nowadays more people are just open minded to any form of music. Yeah, like like. It, it like no one no one seems to be in genre factions anymore mm-hmm. like you like okay you listen to punk but you can't listen to metal or you listen to metal you can't really <laughs> that's listen to that's so true pop. in yeah, the 80s silly. if you listen to metal like I remember back then I used to get so much shit in fact early 90s when I first moved out here I got shit in high school I was listening to like obituary and then this other guy was a big death note fan so then I showed him my uh Purple Rain by Prince, and he's like, oh, "You gotta yeah. be kidding me!" I'm like, "No, I'm not kidding you. This is fucking fantastic." Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but see that I, I that was so much how the '90s was. Like I've gone to festivals where Wyclef was playing, but so was the Crystal Method, and so was uh, I don't know, like Three Eleven. Three Eleven. So <laughs> it, it kind of makes me happy because that's why I like I mean I love like old school hip hop too and metal and pop and punk and I think that's because again they mixed so much together I don't know how many warp tours I went to like back in the day and it was like that and now if we're seeing these kids and these bands and these promotions kind of going that way I mean how many years has it been since I've been in high school? Like 24-ish? If that's... That is... It took 25 years to come back to where everybody is is getting into multiple genres of music. It's going to open up... Like, he was saying, like, in the 80s it was very segregated. In the 90s it started, like, kind of crossing over. But then it got segregated again. I'm hoping that people are like not just so scared it's, and being like oh god well, this is the hip hop and it's the bad you know the gun violence music and this yeah. is the devil worshipping music and well this I used to just piss off my friends it's, in it's, high school because they were like big Metallica fans and I like Metallica of course yeah. but it was getting so out of control that I was like I'm Anthrax fuck you guys I'm going <laughs> <Anthrax>. <laughs> it's still kind of like that in certain ways but um I've seen le- less and less of it 
Oh yeah. Thankfully, it's I don't know. It's uh, I think I think there just became a realization between metal fans that like, oh wait, you like stuff outside of metal? Well, that's great. Yeah, so do I. And everyone just started yeah, like understanding that yeah. we're really not silly. really that close-minded. We just yeah. we're dealing with people on the outside. Like it's really silly. It's like you're looking down on someone because they like this certain genre of movie or like they like yeah. this art piece, but you like this guy's art more. Yeah. Right. Know? Like oh, that guy sucks because this guy's better. I was, it doesn't. It's yeah. It's, it's all subjective. subjective. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to add to what you guys are saying, the benefits of having an open mind. Some of the best metal comes from outside influences too. I mean, like Slayer. I mean, in the '80s, punks and metalheads hated each other. But Jeff Hanneman, you would look at his guitar, and they were all punk stickers on there. Like, mm-hmm. you'd, like you'd see like you know, Wasted Youth, Rudimentary, Peni, DRI, and then you would listen to like Rain and Blood, which is a classic metal record. But you can tef- definitely tell he was listening to all that hardcore, you know, writing. Well, then you look at, because, uh, you know, Chuck from Death, he was always pushing banners, but he was heavily influenced by Cynic. And when they yeah. released Focus, that was like a whole different record to yeah. what was going on. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because, like, the fan base of those <clears throat> are like, a lot of those people are very diehard, and they don't realize the influences that they took on it. So they're technically listening to the stuff they hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very it's, true. It's really funny. Yeah. You know? You're like. Yeah. I got to see him a couple years ago um, uh, at uh, Ramshead, actually. Oh, really? On Mother's Day. Nice. And they did all of One Size Fits All. And, like, that era is, like, probably my favorite from Frank Zappa. He's actually very talented on guitar. Chester Thompson, like, you know, uh, fucking, who's playing keyboards for them? Uh, George Duke playing keyboards. Napoleon Murphy Brock on vocals. Probably one of my favorite lineups, and I got to see them do that album that's so fun but yeah i mean like beyond that you know it's just being open to music being open to the experience and the culture that you know like because it is cultural when when it it comes down to it really like it it all stems from somewhere it goes somewhere else and where it comes from is just how far back you can trace it and if it was you know recorded and reported very well then it'll be a little easier otherwise you're just gonna have to kind of make some assumptions and right you know kind of gather the facts like oh well this came out in this year this came out in this year there's a reason why they sound very similar right you know just making assumptions and shit like that like it, it's, it's hilarious being on tour with matt harvey <laughs> talking about metallica riffs mm-hmm. He's like oh so this riff sounds like yeah, like uh, a good example would be uh, like later on in the song uh, "Sanitarium." The fear of living on. It's like it's just Tom Sawyer. Yeah, we do that shit all the time. Like what? What was it? Blew my mind. That's how I feel talking to Matt every time he mentions something about a riff like that, where it's like. Oh yeah, like ain't my bitch. That's just an idiot trying to play like rock bottom from UFO. Right. Yep. 
like shit like that. Like, well, you guys gonna hang around for a little bit? Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna just cut this down and. All right. Wait. Wait. Final what? thoughts. You guys get final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts before we turn off the microphone. <laughs> hey, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your in studio band. Yeah. Oh, can we have one? Mm-hmm. So, anything you'd like to promote or say or tell me about? So yeah, hip hop, fish and chicken in Baltimore. Yes. We got one go. down the road. I love MSG on my food. So, <laughs> same. That's um, it. So I don't know when this interview is going to air, but next week, next, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Next Wednesday. Yep. All right, right on. Well, if you guys are free, October twenty eighth of this year, we will be playing with Oath of Cruelty and Spite at the Pie Oath Shop Cruelty in Washington D.C. It'll be free. I'll be on the ocean. And oh. that's that'll be our only DMV show for the month of October. Jordan's a big fan of theirs, too. Um, yeah, we're recording, like we said earlier. We are recording. Um, so keep an eye out for our album. We'll post updates on it on our Instagram and yeah. Facebook pages. We won't... We'll, we'll, follow we'll, us. and Follow us, yes. We'll, we'll post some fun stuff, too. Yeah. We're, we're a bunch of fun guys. <laughs> you guys are great. Appreciate you coming in and doing this with yeah. us. It's really an honor, and I'm glad you enjoyed the food Thank and the booze. Thank you for having us. Thank Thank thanks for coming. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's awesome to be back. We, we love having people over. Yeah. And you can come back anytime. Well, apparently, you guys live close, so yeah, just, just knock on the door. Be like, hey, let me in. Let me in. When we found out where you guys were, we were just like, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're expecting to make a big hike yeah. somewhere. It's like, wait a minute. Literally, the first thing I said was, my grandma lives over that way. <laughs> <laughs> we bought this house a long time ago, and then when the housing market went crazy, yeah. and even the rental market, like, I'm like, no, we're just well, going to live here forever. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. You know, having lived in Dundalk most of my life, I think this neighborhood, this area, is on... The upward incline lately. We hope. <laughs> you see all the shit that they're building. The yeah. only thing that we're missing is a Starbucks. Yeah. They won't because we got the DD trifecta. <laughs> I know we do. We yeah. also have Joanna's Cafe. I want to shout out Joanna's That's Cafe. Shout out, yeah, HT you know, Joanna's. Every morning. Every morning I hit up Joanna's. They make some brand The Smash Browns. Yeah, the Smash Browns. Smash Browns. Smash Browns. I like that. Which is awesome. If y'all are uh, good black iced coffee if you're in there. Oh, yeah. I know I am. They have lovely good, people. They have awesome muffins too. Yeah. Their breakfast pastries are on point. Yes. Well, definitely thanks again, guys. Thank it's you so much for coming. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. This was a blast. Yeah. We're Torrified from Victoria, B.C. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing. Yeah, it was great revisiting all that. It was only been a day. <laughs> I know. So much fun, like we said. Uh, very cool guys and a lot of fun to hang with. And I'm glad they invited us out to go do some karaoke. That was great. Yeah, you... Uh... I like to observe these things, and it's always fun. <laughs> it's like incriminating evidence on Neko, oh, which people have seen by now on Facebook. So. It's got, like, 120 views. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm yeah. sure a hundred of them are you watching it and laughing at me. <laughs> no, no. Oh, maybe. Oh, God, that was so funny. And, like, I was so sure of myself. And I'm looking at you, and I'm like, you ready? Are you ready for this? Yeah, well, the funny thing is you did uh, another song, Shoop, by Salt and Pepper. Now you did really well. Like, I should have got some of that on. Oh, that was so stupid. I'm so dumb. Why Why do you even talk to me? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, well, coming up, a couple blocks of metal music coming your way. Got some new stuff from Campfire. Vermilia, which I really like that record a lot. Uh, Symbiotic, new stuff from them. Death Siege from Everlasting Speed Records. But here's brand new Bloodbath. Carved. And we'll be back.
Introducing the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast, available today on your favorite podcast platform. Metal Tavern is a heavy metal, rock music, and movie podcast where they discuss movies, music, current events, and feature live interviews with bands, artists, and YouTube personalities. They spotlight independent labels and feature the underground bands the label represents. Again, that's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Stream it today on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, YouTube, and at the website MetalTavernRadio.com. Many episodes up for you to listen to already, and make sure you subscribe to be notified of future releases. That's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Go listen, download, and subscribe today. You can also connect on Facebook, search Metal Tavern Radio, and follow the guys on Twitter at DJ Anubis88 and DJ underscore Nico Catfreak.
Lorenzo here for them in Thompson of Black Metal. Well, the wannabe Black Metal Devin Thompson, an interpreter of the goblins from South You are in the company of DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Pattern Radio. The best place to be. Stay tuned with these legends. Jump into the rock block, and today what you got? What you got? Some Sede Vacante from Scarlet Records, mm-hmm. Neko's Pick of the Week, mm-hmm. brand new Ozzy Osbourne, what? Brand new Skid Row, what? Revmatic from a band, they're friends of mine. They sent us a, a track. You're like they're my friends, okay? <laughs> my friends. Kingdom Music sends us our first song by a band called Aura. It's called Lost Over Time, and we will be back for that pick of the week.
Everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio.
Ozzy Osbourne. Nothing feels right. Man, poor, poor Ozzy. Sharon's still got him working after all that bullshit he's going you through. You got 15 more good years in you. Oh my god, he's got like Parkinson's and you name it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this week, um, this song that I picked is just literally a, a favorite of mine, and I think, like, what, what they said about this song is it was kind of mostly, um, ignored, because it was, it was released in 1970, and, um, I, I think it was on the same, um, hold on, what album is it on? I'm terrible. Uh, God, I'm the worst. I, I think it was, um, released on the same album, uh, that Space Oddity was. That's what I was going to say. And, um, and that was like the huge to do yeah that was the big song was you know ground and i think we've done that and that just proves how like this was a really good song but it just kind of gets overlooked because like space oddity was so huge right but in fact like i think it it had kind of a renaissance when nirvana covered it too and in fact when they re-released it um it was on the b-side it, it, well, let me just back up. In 1973, um, when it was it was not released as a single by Bowie in 1970, but in 1973 they reissued Space Oddity as a um, single and used that as the B side. Hmm. And um, Life on Mars, which is another one. Did I do that one yet? I don't think you've done that. Okay, we're gonna add that to the list. Uh, Life on Mars um, is another one I really like. So there are like this album of David Bowie's is like a, a favorite of mine. And it was the B side when it was re released in the U S. to Life on Mars. And but that's the other thing too. Life on Mars is like a really like they they kind of um, interject like the whole spaceman thing mm. with uh, David Bowie. But if you listen to Life on Mars, and you listen to Space Oddity, and you listen to this, it's it's really not, like, so sci-fi. It's more like he's reflecting on, um, like, it's like a social commentary. Right. All of this really is. It's, it's not so much of, like, oh, we're being sci-fi. He's, like, kind of, you listen to the lyrics, and, yeah, he's saying, uh, is it life on Mars or like the whole ground control to Major Tom? Like the it, it, he's like a social commentary on people like the way they're living their lives, and that's kind of like what this is too. The song I'm talking about is "The Man Who Sold the World." I love this song. I've loved it probably before Nirvana remade it, um, and I think they only did it for their Unplugged right album. So they kind of. Just I, I do think they kind of gave a song that was mo mostly ignored a little bit of a push too, and for the people who aren't as familiar with David Bowie music, I think it really um just this is just a great song. They um 
retrospectively though the original recording of this musicians and and people critics that you know praise or you know berate music they've said like the original recording has been named one of his best songs and it really is a really great song because you listen to it and it's kind of um it's like a cha-cha it's like you you hear the and then it kind of has that like um almost like it's a little dancey but it's not and it's got this kind of really interesting sound to it but then again it's like a total social commentary song anyway i would like to present to you the man who sold the world by david bowie it's been one of my favorites since you know i could listen to music i i t always say this i grew up in a household where like classic rock mm -hmm. was on the radio um so i i think i got exposed to a lot of you know 70s stuff at a young age and it really propelled my interest into you know metal and alternative music because I almost feel like it's a natural progression when you're listening to, I mean, this is classic rock, but not like classic rock in the vein of Boston, but when you, you just kind of progress and listen to um, something that takes influence, it's just like we were talking with Desilus last night, like a lot of bands, even though they're like super heavy or they're pulling influences from other bands that they liked growing up or because they listened to it a lot. Right. So without further ado, let's listen to The Man Who Sold the World. Audio jump. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. We will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow, and we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven. DJ Neko's pick of the week.
shook his hand and made my way back home. I searched for fallen land. For years and years I roamed. I gazed a gazeless stare at all the millions here. We must have died alone.
today Fagante mistaken I really like that I was, I was just kind of saying to DJ Nubis off air I was like you're really bringing the hits today baby bringing the hits I've been very happy yeah. very very happy with I mean we always have good music but if I feel like every single one I'm like oh I really like this and I'm not saying this like you he works really hard to curate his music so I'm, I'm, again, I'm not saying this because, like, oh, oh, man, I feel like we had a bad week one week or something. I, I'm saying this because I don't always like everything that he likes. Right. Well, so, that's, and that's why our shows are a mishmash of stuff. Like, you know, some people will listen to our shows and some things will click with them and other things won't. But that's, that's our show. We bring everything to the table. And that's why we were kind of talking with Deslos about how we have different... Uh, likes even within the metal and rock genre so like mm -hmm. you know, 
So we try to cater to everybody in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I know sometimes, like, God, it's probably been a while, but when I brought that, like, for the Rock Block, that Harry Styles song, I was like, this is much different than his regular stuff, and it's hitting more of, like, that, um, kind of like an alternative rock style, and I, I like it when an artist I don't listen to surprises me, and you, you know where that came from is I was doing something for when I was still this is, God it's been three years and I was doing something when I was still teaching dance and you know in YouTube when um like it, it'll pop up at, and it was it was something for a Harry Styles song that was used for my dance class and YouTube will always pop up stuff where it's like oh hey yeah this is also by that artist and I listened to it I was like this doesn't sound anything like the other Harry Styles songs and I'm like I like it when you see artists grow, and now he's an actor, too, so... Right. So, anyway, what's up with DJ Anubis? Well, we uh, watched a doc uh, a few days back. Oh, fuck, I forgot about this. Oh. It's called The Sins of Our Mother, and it's on Netflix, and it, it was, uh, you know, I mean, we're kind of used to the strange docs by now, but this one uh, kind of goes on yet another planet, and I was reading an article today about a review about the doc and it made a good point about how the doc itself ends like because this is an ongoing thing going on with the the two people involved uh lori vallow and charles dale charles daybell i think mm -hmm. uh they are currently on trial for the murders of lori vallow's two kids younger kids and uh but it goes far deeper than that and uh one of the complaints was because this is still an ongoing case like we haven't even got to trial yet with either one of them uh they haven't released a lot of uh details well not just that but there's no conclusion so you're kind of like like when i was done watching this doc i'm still kind of angry about it because I, I really want these two people to pay but there's no conclusion yet mm -mm. so you're left kind of on the edge but really the doc is pretty good because it shows you some insight to Lori valor valo who became drastically obsessed with uh, religious cultism, I guess you would call it. Um, she started out as, uh, what was it, a Mormon Baptist? Or what was it she was? I guess it wasn't Mormon. She was Latter-day Saints. Latter-day Saints. And uh, she's had a few husbands. And like one of her biggest things was finding a spiritual connection to a man who was on the same level as her. And I think her last husband, uh, it was Chad Daybell's a recent guy. Charles Vallow was the last husband she had. They were also, in spoiler alert, she, they were also um, arrested in connection with the death of her third husband. Right. And uh, so basically she's at a point now where her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, they're married, they seem happy. There's also... Uh, Tylee and JJ were, well, JJ was adopted, but Tylee was one of her kids, and then there was another one. I can't remember his name. Uh, was it Brandon? Was the Colby. older one? Colby, sorry. And uh, oh. Colby's the older one, right? He's the older, older mm -hmm. one. Yeah, he's married and everything. Okay, mm -hmm. so Tylee and JJ are the younger ones. Uh, Tylee was 16, JJ's around 8 or something like that, I think. And, and they actually, so her third cousin, or third cousin, her third husband, Charles. Uh, no, no, no. Charles was her third. No, because Chad was her fifth. So Charles. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh God, 
five times. Yeah. So her fourth husband, she, um, she really kind of, um, she really, like, and the kids all liked him too. Like it, it was, it was a good situation. He was doing well. He was making good money and, um, but he saw the change in her and yeah, what like, was happening. Yeah, she started doing like a podcast with another woman and uh, it's, you know, a religious podcast or whatever. And, and it was very like Scientology fuel. Yeah, you know, it's just, it was really weird uh, because it just, I don't know. But she met, there's an author named Chad Daybell who she had become interested in and they started talking and it clearly started getting closer. But it's it's really like this whole Manson thing where he became a real huge influence and like they were using this what they called the point system on how they judged their family members and friends so it was, so crazy. It was divided up by uh light points and dark points so and it was so scary because it even got to a point where uh she was like point system for her own kids so tylee was like a dark energy uh person yeah, and they're like, we have to, you have to do so much in order to, um, almost, it, it seriously sounds like Scientology. Yeah, it, like, it's, it's up in that range. It's, it's like to cleanse them and... Right, and then, you know, she was getting to a point where she's like talking to Daybell and she's like, yeah, you know, Charles, you know, he's like, he's very, just like there's demons in him or something and... And they said that his body, his soul was taken over by a demon, so it's not really Charles, it's somebody else. Right, and... so fast forward to, because uh, they had kind of separated a little bit, and they were sharing time with the kids, and Charles was coming over to uh, Lori's brother's house, and something happened there where initially it was sounded like it, which again is weird. You're gonna have to watch this stuff because you won't believe that half of the shit went on. And the ah. cops kind of like just brushed it over. But uh, Charles Valor and, and Lori's brother get into an argument to the point where the brother shoots and kills uh, Charles. And like there's some minutes that pass, like a lot of minutes. Forty five minutes. There's a claim that his her brother tried to resuscitate him while on the phone with 911, but there was proof that that never happened. Mm-hmm. Lori and Tylee both were gone from the house. They were out getting hamburgers or something or shopping. Uh, but they were there uh, when it happened. And, like, everyone, and, like, one of the big red, red flags is, is Lori doesn't even seem distressed or worried about Charles's health. Like, she just is sitting by the car out front with the cops and kind of has like a little shitty and gray on her face she's just like oh, ee, oh yeah and so uh it, it's just very weird but they passed it off as self-defense for the brother um whom died a couple years later from natural causes i assume uh, That's but what you they, never know yeah they haven't even fully because i think something happened with the brother um where they were worried about him Talk. talking yeah because Clearly, uh, Tylee and JJ, they, what ended up happening is Lori ended up just disappearing with the two younger kids. So Colby, who's been married to his girl uh, for a couple of years, like, noticed that his mom was, like, kind of alienating his wife. Like, there's this sense of jealousy from the mother to Colby's wife. And Colby's wife apparently, you know, picked up on some of the weird things about Lori to begin with, but... 
this this doc is just insanely crazy. It just and, and like I said, there's because there's no definitive conclusion right now with like any kind of punishments because they are like she's been at one point put into a psychiatric ward to evaluate her mental state because the judge so far says she's unable to fit to stand trial. But they just ruled recently right. that she is. Right. So, I mean, things are changing, but because this doc isn't completed per se, uh, this is what we have to deal with. So you might, you might by the end of it be kind of enraged, like, oh my god, I want to strangle this woman like I was, because she's just a very scary person. And the cops... When they found Lori and Chad in Hawaii, when they were on vacation shortly after Chad's wife passed away, which is another uh, controversial thing, um, when they found him in they Hawaii, got, and they got married like a couple days, like days a, after his wife right. passed, and uh, they asked Lori like, "Where's the kids?" And she's like, "They're safe." You know, she wouldn't tell them where they were. And uh, she played this game for a while. Colby, who's her oldest son, was concerned. I was like, Mom, just tell me where And then brother. he said that, like, he would message his younger sister, who was only 17. Tylee, yeah. And, and he's like, this doesn't sound like Tylee. What yep. is going on? And then when, which we assume Lori was posing as Tylee on the phone. And when Colby caught on, she stopped responding and everything changed. Uh, eventually... Uh, we find out that the phone that the brother, and I can't remember his fucking name offhand, of Lori's, the one that shot her former husband, uh, his phone had pinged. This is after his death. His phone had, the cops were going through his phone and found that it had pinged behind Chad Daybell's house. And so there's a little spot out back there, and the cops got their warrants and everything, went out there digging found a couple of skeletal remains obviously of kids and determined that it was Tylee and JD so we now know that they were killed and buried back there uh, the was first it, assumption was is Adam it, was her brother? It's something like that yeah it's like starts with an A I believe um, let's see if I can find it in here at all I just looked up um, Daybell her, and it says siblings Alex, Adam, and Alex. Alex, Alex, yeah, okay. Alex is the brother, and he was like a comedian and stuff. And yeah, and you know, it's like, and one of the reasons why, like, Neko brought up they were kind of concerned with him is that he had told his wife, somebody they had set up with, that he felt like he wouldn't give her any details, but he was like, you know, I think they're gonna try to pin it all on me. So there was something going on, we all know by that comment that you know he probably killed those kids uh probably due to what they were requesting and you know they, he knew something was up like he knew they were trying to do something they were going to try to get out of it he passed away we don't know how exactly but you know with everything that's going on with chad daybell's uh former wife who passed away uh charles valor who died at the hands of alex there's just a lot of creepy, crazy shit going on. You have former friends of Lori's coming forward saying, because they at one point they she had a good friend of the family. They were trying to say that the kids were with her, and she's like, "Why would you tell them that? They're not with me." So she was picking up on weird things, and yeah, she's like, "I just needed to have someone to, uh, to." Uh what was the way she put it? I wanted them to know that they were safe, but you clearly know I can't tell them where the children are. Right. Like, now, it's not that the woman knew where they were because she was actually asking, but it was like, 
I guess Lori had convinced women and people around her who were close to her that the kids were in danger of somebody. That's what they were... Pretty, cause I mean, she could have come... We don't know all of the story yet because the trial hasn't happened, but, you know, she was saying that her husband was, uh, you know, possessed by... They were calling them Zs, like zombies or something. Like, she's like, I think he's a Z. So she could... She might have, like... What if these kids were, quote-unquote, Zs? And... I don't know. It was, it, but it, the thing is, because um, because Lori Daybell was a pretty blonde woman and just like a very, she could talk. Like remember the whole thing with her her husband when um, he was trying to get JJ and um, who he found out that was autistic. Mm -hmm. Like that's his hyper part of it that you know came up later in the doc and he was trying to take the kid to school or whatever and then he took her purse and like he was saying to the police like it, it starts off with the police cam of him at the beginning of the doc just basically saying i don't know what she's gonna do to the kids sorry i don't know what she's gonna do to me and nobody would take him seriously they were thinking he was the crazy one because she's just like very perky and and like she gives off this very sweet demeanor and then when she went to the police station she's like you know we can just consider this all yeah and there's and there's some alarming things just in terms of i think she wasn't pretty and and the family themselves like Lori's mother was in the dock and she was still uh, trying, trying desperately to make excuses like I don't remember my daughter as what she is now, but as she was, and I'm like, she killed your grandchildren. And it took her a while because remember they said, yeah, when they were interviewing the grandmother while the um, kids were missing, kids were she's like, my my daughter would never do anything mm -hmm. to the kids. Mm -hmm. And then when they found them, she was like broken, and it's like. You can never assume that somebody can't do something. And it's really just bizarre to me that they didn't never notice these weird tendencies. I've seen Christian people. I grew up in a Christian home. I've seen Christian people. Yes, uh, it's it at times can be a little bit uh, cultish. And people can act a little strange. But there are people that go well beyond that. Most of what I've seen in churches and stuff don't act like these people. This is like way beyond. This is as Neko said... Scientology, like weird, cryptic, uh, secretive stuff, and how it is that her mother and Colby, like, either it's just a huge denial on everybody's part. Well, Colby, um, he confronted her, like, he, he well, later on, but like, you know, as you said, they were calling Charles nuts because he was saying, Look, she has changed a lot, <laughs> like, you can't deny this. And they just wouldn't believe him. Like, they all thought he was ridiculous. And I'm like, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good doc to check out. Uh, we always love our crazy docs like this. And we'll be curious about how this all turns out. But it's pretty good. It's called Sins of Our Mother on Netflix. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, next block of music. Brand new stuff from Revocation. But here's some brand new Fallujah. Embrace Oblivion. Embrace 
everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. Neko is headed to go take a shower because it's our anniversary today, obviously. Um, so we're still planning on going out to dinner. So things are kind of running a little longer than we wanted to today. But we didn't get a chance to get a retro DVD pick in. So she'll have her pick next week. And, uh, of course, you, as you've heard, she's going to be leaving soon. Uh so I'm just going to give you uh, a little quick rundown, a little bit of sports here early, and then I'm going to tell you what I've got coming up for myself because uh, when she's out is when I kind of do uh, my own things, my own movie reviews on either YouTube or in the podcast themselves. So you guys are kind of familiar with how we work right now when she's out of town anyway. Uh, so sports-wise, uh, if you don't know, we are Bronco fans and Virginia Cavalier fans on the college level. So... Uh, with the NFL, the Broncos, we lost to Seattle in game one going out there. And we have a new coach, a uh, new quarterback, and Russell Wilson, who used to play for Seattle. Uh, we didn't play our best. Uh, in fact, we looked kind of pretty bad. Uh, probably could have tried to pull out a win there at the end, but we just didn't get it done. So not so good so far. Hopefully, he with, with Russell being pretty much a future Hall of Famer quarterback, we should be able to get things righted and try to get back on a winning side of things. Uh, it's early. Uh, Virginia, kind of similar issues there. We do have most of our same players. Uh, Brendan Armstrong, our quarterback, is in his junior or senior year this year, I think. And um, his offensive line is all new, except for one guy. So he's kind of battling with that right now. We got a new coach, uh, Brendan Bronco Mendenhall uh, resigned uh, a few months before the season started. Uh, I didn't even know that until recently. So basically, uh, we're one and one. We're now two and one. We almost just lost Old Dominion. We were kind of watching it in the background as this podcast is going. And uh, Virginia gave up a late touchdown that put the Old Dominion up by one point with like a minute left. good thing about college football is every time you get a first down the clock stops and they had a couple uh timeouts left so brendan was able to get the team down to around the 10 or 15 yard line of old demand we kicked a field goal to win but again we looked very sluggish and struggling out there a bit we didn't look very good sometimes we do sometimes you know obviously with the passing and the running a little bit but uh, just a lot of inconsistency right now. Same with the Denver Broncos right now. But I uh, talked a little bit with uh, Edgar Allan Poet, a uh, guy we've had on before talking sports and whatnot. I'm going to try to set something up going down in the future, the next couple weeks, uh, to get him on and talk some football because uh, he's a Steeler fan. They had a big win early uh, against the Bengals in week one. So I'm sure he's going to want to talk a little bit about that. Um as far as like entertainment movie and stuff like that um i did i i've been watching primal uh season two on hbo max as well as harley quinn season four uh when those conclude i will give my reviews of them for you Uh, neko doesn't watch those so uh 
I'll just be doing those on my own. Uh, I also had a chance to a recommendation of uh, the movie Dojo to check out the anime movies uh, Berserk, and I really, really enjoyed those as well. So I may end up having to watch all those again because it's it's been a little while. Like I've been holding on to some of these topics because Neko didn't watch them with me. So uh, yeah, so I either may go back into or just kind of refresh myself with them a little bit, and then I'll break it down for you all. Uh, we still have not gotten into Cobra Kai season uh, four yet, um, or season five, whatever which one it is. But uh, everyone's saying it's good, and I'm excited to get into it. But I don't know if I'm gonna have to do that solo first without her or not, or we're gonna try to bust it out this week. I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. So I mean, oh, one other thing is that we're gonna try at some point in the coming weeks at least i will to get a probably on video interview with grave huffer because they're going to be appearing at the uh, tennessee devastation metal festival so uh, i talked to them the other night and uh we're going to try because i, I want to try something an interview for them as well so uh, we'll see how that goes we got a lot of things coming in the works but i'm gonna get back into the music here so we can close this motherfucker out um I got some uh, classic Omen in here. Uh, also got against PR sending me some change in the Leviathan uh, tracks for them. Uh, let's see. Also, I had some uh, bands send me some of their work. Uh, Snowy Shaw sent me the new record from them. I'm gonna track for you from them. Uh, also, Arcana, 22, uh, very cool guy. I think Johan was his name. Uh, sent me a track uh, High and Mighty to play so we're going to kick off this next block of music uh, with this called High and Mighty from Arcana 22 and I'll talk to you in a few
human beings suffer. They torture one another. They get hurt and get hard. No poem, play, or song can fully right a wrong inflicted and endured. History says don't hope on the side of the grave. But then, once in a lifetime, hope and history rhyme.
Leviathan! Unfriendly to humans. Getting ready to close out this edition of the Hordes of Chaos. Many, many, many thanks to Desolus for coming in and doing an interview. Again, can't stress it enough. Very cool guys. They're out in Virginia right now doing a show. Hope a lot of people are going out there to check them out. They're fucking fantastic live. Very aggressive, fast, and just coming at you hard and heavy. Uh, definitely check them out. Great guys. Don't be afraid to approach them. Say hello. Buy them some beers, some drinks. They always like that shit. Um, as promised, I got one last track for you. It's the second track they sent us uh, to promote for them. It's called From Man to Machine. And we will see you all next week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Desolus from Man to Machine. Check them out. Yeah.